Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Baby, it's cold outside. I like Gotta it. love it. Don't you love this weather? Hoodie weather, you can't beat it, man. Love it, Cannot man. beat I it. I mean, you get to pull things out of the closet that you wear once a year like this. <laughs> I want to get into that right away. What is what this? Is, what is that made out of? What poor animal had to die so you could be a little more warmer for today? I don't know. Uh, I don't think an animal that's died. A, that's a thick coat, whatever that is. I know. Yeah. The beautiful thing is I, I've got, like, nothing on underneath it I, because I, I'm hot. I, I wouldn't either, man. You look pretty toasty right now, <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. Like, And I, I kind of want to hate on it because, I mean, it looks like, like I said, it looks like someone had to, had to perish to, to mold that. But it looks comfortable as hell, man. It that is looks pretty legit. comfy. I bet it is. It's pretty comfy. I bet it is. Uh, I, I don't know which store that you've told me I've shopped at this came from. <laughs> Eddie Bauer. It's, it's like the, the Eddie Bauer it's an Expedition Eddie Bauer, line. Gap, Banana Republic. Yeah. Uh, what else we have? Brooks Brothers, maybe. Brooks Brothers. In there. there we go. Um, I don't know where it came from. Okay. Look, I mean, they have, they have tags for that, but I guess we'll get into that later. We're nice and warm. Yeah. Nice and toasty. Uh, anyway, uh How's everybody doing? It looks beautiful out, but it is chilly. Got all the way down to 32. Yeah. I, I Let's should, go. I was thinking about playing golf tomorrow morning. I'm like, what are you thinking, man? It's going to be 40 degrees at 8 in the morning. I'm not <laughs> playing nine holes tomorrow morning. <laughs> Stiff back. Yeah. No way. Not yeah. doing it. Some right. athlete you are. The Doug Marone rumors, let them begin. Mm. I mean, is this really news? Like, haven't we all fired Doug Marone already? Color me shocked, Brent, you know? Has Doug Marone, I think, almost fired himself at the podium. Yeah. He knows how this works. Mm -hmm. There's not going to be much of a secret here. There was a letter by the owner at the end of last season that almost put a mandate on this season. And while I want to be respectful and not say, well, because he's not fired yet, but there's everybody in town that believes this thing is going to happen. So with all due respect to Mike Garofalo or Ian Rappaport or whoever had their no kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. All signs point to. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I no, mean, I'm really not surprised. So uh, we'll talk about it because we continue to talk about it as this team now almost doesn't even have a season remaining. Although Gardner Minshew might change that outlook a little bit because there's something fun to watch. There's that shiny new toy almost to say, all right, let's see how this looks, maybe how the Jags are different. But we've said for days now and weeks, this is an audition for a lot of people for 2020. And we've almost talked about this football team as 2020 is now on the horizon. With the, the bad part about seasons like this is the offseason gets extended by a month. you yeah. know, And so all the draft talk, all the what if talk, all the what now talk, all the what will happen talk happens a month earlier than you really want it to, which usually happens in January. And uh, we will continue to do that. But I think the biggest what if talk is Gardner Minshew. And how do people view Gardner Minshew? Is this the guy? You know, think about this. Ask yourself the question as much as you love everything going on. Are you riding with Gardner Minshew, not just for four games? Are you riding with Gardner Minshew now for the next four years? Mm-hmm. 
Based on what we've seen, I am. Now, you need to get an insurance policy. You need to have some kind of backup, right? And assume, I mean, and listen, Foles may be here. I'm all for trading him away if you can, assuming you can. If not, that's going to be a, a tough hit to take. So hopefully some team out there, you know, is in, is in the market for a, a semi-decent starting quarterback in Nick Foles. But I am, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm in unguarded Minshew, and it's funny I haven't seen some mock drafts already, and oh boy. someone's got, I don't know, well we're kind of that season, right? Like the playoffs are uh, out of reach. I mean, what else can we really talk about right now? And I saw one mock draft, and you know, with Tua getting hurt and everything like that, where his stock kind of dropped a little bit. Someone had Tua going the first round of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, you know, it's not. I thought about it this morning. Really? I thought <sighs> about. I thought about with that second pick. If mm-hmm. Tua drops into the late teens and early 20s, if the Rams are picking there, do you consider that? I mean, do you consider giving him a redshirt year in the NFL? Yeah. Seeing what happens, and worse comes to worse, you have two quarterbacks. Again, you know, this whole situation, we're going to talk about the. Everybody's going to bring up the dollars and, and all I don't care about the dollars. Sure. I don't. Like, I, if you care about winning, listen, you can get to a point where the dollars matter. The dead cap is an important figure. The Jaguars got hit, and they had to get rid of guys like Tayshawn Gibson because of that. So it's real. But if you look at this football team next year and the year after, you can give me all the dollars, and you can tell me that you're not supposed to have a backup quarterback in the NFL that's $22 million when you're paying your starter $600,000. I get it. I understand it. It doesn't make sense. You know what? I don't care. Because if it helps you win, and if the Jags think it's the best thing for them to win, and if they're right about that, which has been another question, then yeah. I don't care. But I don't care Brent, if you have Tua. I don't care. It's the most important position. We always well, say this. Go I get draft that. as many guys as you need. And if that creates competition, I don't care about the quarterback's feelings anymore in Jacksonville. Like that, that, that shouldn't matter. It should, there's no entitlement to say you're our quarterback. And unless you're Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, those guys have earned entitlement. But nobody else has really earned the entitlement to say, hey, here's a lifetime contract to play as long as you want to play football for the Jacksonville Jaguars at the quarterback position. And we're not even going to threaten that idea of you playing the quarterback position for the Jacksonville Jaguars. No, bring five quarterbacks in if you want. I don't care. Just find one that's going to win and win big. But you have to care about the money because then I can sit here and say, well, Andrew Norwell right now is the highest paid guard in the NFL. Is he playing like it? Absolutely not. But, you know, is he playing bad? Eh, he's probably playing even keel right now, I'd say. But he's not playing like the highest paid guard in the NFL. So should we keep Andrew Norwell then, too, just because, well, you know what? He's not playing at a Pro Bowl level, even like a, a higher elite level. But, you know, it's all right. He's serviceable. So let's keep him in there. No, but here's the difference in my opinion. This okay. is the way I look at it, okay? You're not paying $40 million for the quarterback position. For a position that I would say in the NFL right now averages around somewhere between 18 and 24 million dollars, mm-hmm. you know, depending on elite, whatever. If you would pay 22, 23, 24 million dollars for your quarterback position if it was good. Sure. In the NFL. Every team would sign up for that. So if I've got to pay that out of my quarterback position to make sure it's good and I feel good about it. Mm. then I'll do it. I'm not going to just dump something and eat half the money anyway, by the way. The, the finances of this, I'm going to eat some of the money. Oh, of course, so, that's that's a given. Today's big problem, or yesterday's big problem in Jacksonville is, well, you can't keep the backup quarterback at $22 million. I get it, okay? But that doesn't mean you just cut somebody 
eat half the money, go spend another million dollars on a backup quarterback that stinks, or draft one in the fifth round so now you have two young quarterbacks and Minshew goes down and you got nothing. Again, if you if you give me all those options, I would rather have Nick Foles as the backup quarterback in Jacksonville at $22 million. That's my point. Mm. I, you're telling me, Andrew Norwell, I can go find Andrew Norwell's production for $5 bucks, not 14 Well, I get that, but he's still getting paid that money. So, I mean, so you're saying you would let him go, but can you find Nick Foles' production for a lot cheaper? Or is it just the fact that you have to pay the, the, the it, cap hit? That becomes part of the you're, – if you're going to pay money anyway, mm. I just – I'm. I don't like the stigma in these last couple of days of, well, you can't be on the roster because he's a $22 million backup. Well, in my opinion, I don't want the guy on the roster that I'm paying for anyway that's not on my roster. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm paying for it. I'm getting hurt by it. So, yeah, but you, know, you really hurt yourself by bringing him here in the first place. Like to me, if you, you did, if, so you got to eat it for a year, well, man. You got to eat it but, either way for a year. See, but to me, listen, like use it from a player's perspective. If you're Yannick Ngakwe and you don't get the new contract and say you get franchise tagged, worst case scenario, you got to look at Nick Foles every single day, riding the bench and say, you know what, this guy's making a lot more money than I am right now, and I'm actually playing games. He's the backup. Like, I think from a I team dynamic. I don't care dynamic, about Yannick feelings anymore. That's but, my point. Well, you, I, you should care about the culture and the team dynamic because it's suffering right now. Hey, so listen, we, I would care about it. We made a bad decision. Do you feel any better that Blake Bortles is gone, but he's costing you $16 million on the dead cap? It's not my money, man. Better? I'm good. I'm just I, saying, I don't do you miss feel Blake any Bortles. better? Like, I'm, I'm sleeping fantastic at night because it ain't my money, number one. And number two, he's a backup quarterback in L.A. More power to him. I, I don't know how good he is doing in L.A. I haven't seen the preseason at all, really. I'm fine with it, man. I'm I'm chilling. I'm, I'm, I'm past it. Would you be chilling if Nick Foles is the backup quarterback in Jacksonville next year at $22 million, or you'd be angry about it. That's my point. Yeah. I feel like people are angry about it. I would just, they, they wouldn't. You can't yeah. do it. You just can't do it. Well, mm-hmm. I would say I just had a record hit of dad, dead cap money. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who really have not had a lot of dead cap money sure. over the last however many years, but they just had a record hit. I think, I think Blake Bortles' number is the most expensive in league history. And all you're going to do is back that up with another guy that might top it. Sure. No, for sure. <laughs> That's more of an embarrassment to me as an organization and cutting that guy yeah. and still having that dead cap than keeping him on the bench at $22 million, quite frankly. But let's be honest. Whatever the case may be, we can agree Nick Foles coming to Jacksonville is probably a mistake now, right? I think you'll, you'll come along with me on that one. Uh, it has paying, to be. paying him that much money. It's got zero, zero uh, return on interest exactly. so far. After one year. And all things that we know, we can assume that the people that were in charge of making that call, bringing Nick Foles here, will probably not be here they next be, year. Yes. So that mistake will be, I guess, rectified because they'll be gone. So the new people coming in, I mean, I don't know. I, if you're a new GM and saying Dave Caldwell's gone, if you're a new head coach, say Doug Marone's gone, who's, who's ever coming in here to, to shape this football team, I feel like the last thing you'd want to do is look at Nick Foles and be like, well, this wasn't our mistake, but now we got to deal with it. If it's me, it's like a band-aid. Just rip it off. It was a mistake. Not my mistake, but i got to deal with it. Rip it off. We'll see you later, and we got to start new. And here's the deal. They might have the luxury of doing that as a new regime coming in yeah. and saying, sorry, that was their fault. That dead cap money is not on me. That's on them. Yeah. Sorry. Because I don't even want to be associated with it. Now. I know, I'll tell but, you the truth. But the bottom line is, in some way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. you will be associated in 2020 with Nick Foles, unless he retires. It's sure. the only way you're not associated with Nick Foles. And so I guess my point is, if I'm going to be associated with him, are you telling me there's a lot of better backup quarterbacks out there than Nick Foles? 
like I'm already paying dollars. I'm already taking the hit in some way, shape, or form. So why don't I just keep them as the bat? That that's me. I, I'm not yeah. offended by that. Yeah. I, if if this team has Nick Foles on the roster next year, I'm not offended by that. If Gardner Minshew's the quarterback and and doing great, I'm not. A, I love it. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But I also will tell you this: if October rolls around and Gardner Minshew has a knee injury or something and misses two games. I don't feel awful about Nick Foles coming in off the bench. Whatever his price tag is, I probably wouldn't feel as good about some seventh-round draft pick coming in mm-hmm. or Blaine Gabbert coming in as your backup. I know that wouldn't happen here, but yeah. I mean, it, I just think we get – we're stuck with it, folks. 2020, you're stuck with it. I get your thought mm-hmm. with the rip it off and get rid of it. But I don't care about the aesthetics of crap anymore, man. I'm so tired. That stuff, I'm not making decisions on that. Mm-hmm. I'm making – you tell me that I'm a better football team with Minshew and Foles, I'm keeping them. But I think we can agree, if, if they could trade for him, would that be your top option? Oh, it's obviously the Yeah. Top. It's okay. obvious. Even okay. if I have to, I doubt you'd want to give up anything, but well, I probably throw would. Throw a pick in there, yeah. So, um, hey, we're not done with this. Uh, what's a bigger mistake, Bortles or Foles? Mm-hmm. Next on ESPN 690. See, what we have here is a failure to coach. Doug Marone is not a coach. You have Nick Foles as a proven starting quarterback. Minshew is not a starting quarterback. This is a fluke. I would do right. I would set my starting quarterback out for the rest of the year, let Minshew finish for the year, see how we stand. In the meantime, we find a new coach. There's nothing wrong with my Nick Foles. That man's a Super Bowl winner and a Super Bowl and a playoff provider. Get real. Come on, man. <laughs> hey, thanks for calling Star Star 690. Your thoughts, and that's uh, Nick Foles' defender right there. We'll get into the Doug Marone conversation. The rumors are out, of course, and uh, that's going to happen, and it's not a surprise. And I think if you ask Doug Marone if you think he thinks he'll be back, I think he would, if being honest, tell you probably not uh, based on the last month. So we'll get into that coming up in just a bit. Do have a question out there real quick, uh, and, and we're going to elaborate on this. We have some things on the horizon. In fact, Matthew Driscoll, UNF men's basketball coach, just stopped by. I love it. Uh, oh, yeah. And he'll talk a little Jags now. He's not afraid to do that. <laughs> but I, I posed this question before the break. What is the bigger mistake? And we'll we'll elaborate on it in a bit. But Bortles' mistake mm-hmm. or now Foles' mistake? What's a bigger one? See, to me, it's Blake Bortles just because I think you had a little bit of the known still with Blake Bortles. He had that one good season back in 2017. Everything else was kind of, you know... 50-50, I guess you would say. At least with Nick Foles, you were in need of a quarterback, a free agent quarterback, because you felt like all the pieces were already around you. You didn't want to go in the draft and draft a young guy. You wanted to get a solid vet, a Super Bowl MVP. So I think Blake Bortles is actually probably the bigger mistake. Let me ask you this question. Tua. Tua. We were just talking about Tua. it. Tua. Yeah. You score 45 points, you should win. Yeah, you, should. <laughs> you score 41 points against LSU, you should win. Yeah. So you can talk to all day long until the end of the earth. It's irrelevant because you yeah. still got the points on the board. Mac Jones, whoever you want to put out there. Yeah. So this would be the same from from a different scenario, a different approach. Maybe someone doesn't have any skin in them. Like, is it is it that or is it something else? Was were we counting on Nick Foles coming back to lead us to the playoffs? Did we think Minshew was going to lead us to the playoffs? Or really were the was the biggest question that we weren't defending at the level we need to defend to, especially to be a championship team or a playoff team. You look at the like a Steelers right now, the only reason why they're in games is because they're defending. Correct. But they're only winning by one possession. 
Correct. But it doesn't matter because you're winning. So yeah. to me, is it is it really more defending than it is who's taking the snaps? And I there's probably a correlation between the two because two fumbles and an interception, I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like if I ask you if you, hey, coach, you lost the other day and you shot uh, 22% from three-point land. But you would come back and tell me, yeah, Brent, but we had 12 live ball turnovers and that was the reason we lost. It wasn't the 22%. If you talk to the people down there at Jags headquarters, they are not pinning this all on the quarterback. They're not pinning it no. all on Foles, mm-hmm. saying we can't block. We have more holding penalties than anybody in the league. We, we can't run the football effectively inside the red zone. And we aren't stopping people when we need to stop people but the eyes so is the quarterback so did you play the 33 records growing up when you were a kid what happened on a record player when i got a scratch <laughs> what did it do don't ask me right? well, it kept going around right yeah okay so what were you saying at this time last year uh couldn't run the football offensive lines depleted the quarterback's not doing his job and the defense isn't playing up to par yeah that's kind of yeah and last year was a little bit different in my view just because of all the injuries this year they haven't i didn't had say that. i didn't say anything about injuries i'm just saying yeah your football verbatim yeah. is your same verbatim it's the same and what's yeah. insanity yeah. <laughs> doing the, uh, that's what I always say, Coach. Doing the same thing over and over again, ex- expecting different results. And, and, being a Jags fan. Being a Jags fan. But I'm telling you what, there's a lot of people out there who love the Jags. Oh, well, my, son, my son included. Oh, listen to my, my, I mean, a lot of people love them. That's why we're talking about it. That's why we talk about it all the time. That's why people are listening and, and, and watching. But you go and back to your, your other scenario. You know, we've won a couple close games, and, and we defended really well and shot poorly. Mm-hmm. We've, we're actually not playing at our, at our offensive peak at all. We're actually playing below our standards that we've played. The difference is we're making threes at a higher clip, so the three bang is better than the two bang. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the our, our our OER, we're just not where we've been in the past. Offensive efficiency um, ranking right there, Austin. Mike. Gotcha. So so yeah, like RPO. I had no idea what RPO. I literally <laughs> I literally Googled it. Sure. To figure out what it, like all this RPO RPO. Yeah. I'm like, what are they talking it's about? It's in now, man. It's like the hot new thing. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's run pass option. Like yeah. you know, what I mean? it's not like it's rocket science. <laughs> but but hey, can but, we create but, something but, like that in basketball, like a shoot pass option, like a. a I, I think the three pointer is 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 really that that okay. the. the the ability to take three over two, where's your effective field goal percentage? Because you got to multiply the factor by 1.5 to get you a two-point percentage, which yeah. would be equivalent. So I think we do have it. It's just it's just a different line of work. I think going back to the to the, to the Jags, some people are talking about we should have taken Lamar mm. um, oh, yeah. when we had the opportunity. We should hindsight's 2020 there. If ends yeah. and butts were candies and nuts, Christmas would be awesome. <laughs> But, yeah, but I'll but, give you an old decade team on that when it comes to the Jags. But, 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 I will, but I will say this. I will say that I really believe that Minshew, and, and I'm not saying Brady, and I'm not saying whoever else you want to say, but if Lewis doesn't dethrone, declete Bledsoe, is that his name? Uh, Yes. If Lewis doesn't de- declete Bledsoe and mm-hmm. knock him out, Brady is never Brady. That's right. So I covered that. I was it, not it, there for that, but I've covered the Patriots at that time. In this scenario, I think his body of work is pretty good for four games. But I think we thought Bortles' body of work was pretty good three years ago when they Correct. went yeah. one play away from going to the Super Bowl. So I, I, I just think the kid's going to get a great opportunity. I think it's 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 a little unfair for him and for us to judge him completely. But I do think these reps will be huge. And I think our bigger problem, our biggest question mark is, what do you do with Foles, the money, the cap hit, the dead space, 
on the back end of this? And do you believe in Minshew that much? And if you do, do you draft another one? Yeah, and that's what we were just talking about before you stopped in. And and I, you know, right now you, in my opinion, I'm so tired of the well, this isn't a good look, or this isn't the money, or this. Just give me wins. What makes your position the best? And I can't tell you, I would rather have Nick Foles as the backup QB if you just take money out of it than having some other guy as the backup QB that, you know, has been a journeyman for 12 years or a sixth round draft pick that is from UTEP. Sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, I, I just at this stage mm-hmm. until I see something different, my mind would say, you know what, you're going to get stuck with some dollars anyway. I'll just ride with what's going to help me win games if I run into something. A couple years ago, we hit the free agent market pretty well, didn't we? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Time. We Absolutely. hit it well with yeah. Calais. And, mm-hmm. It's a and, tough thing to do, but they did it pretty well. Right. And the year before that, we lost out on the center from Cleveland that we thought we needed. Alex Mack. Alex and Mack. we ended up with Linder. Yeah, correct. So. My point, my question to you would be is if if we can really, really free agent the defense, because I think that's the quickest fixed. You can get one superstar cornerback, maybe cornerback. But I think if you can free agent and and fix like probably, I don't know what with defensive what, ends, defensive tackles. OK, those so kind of guys, those kind of guys, yeah. I was going to say a linebacker or two. So if you do that and you make that kind of an adjustment, I think you can roll the dice on the other side because Fournette is still phenomenal. He's still young. He obviously is taking care of his body and gone to a whole nother level because he's sustained this season. Mm. And whether or not we should have used him in that last five or six plays when we were on the 10-yard line or wherever it was they were on. But my point to you is I, I think that to me would be the fix and to get us uh, maybe a quicker turnaround. Yeah. And because oh, I think this long, can't be a long rebuild. I was going to say I no think way. longevity's way out the window. Absolutely. So I've been here no, for eleven no years. There's too many. There's too many good pieces on the team to say it's going to take three years. And People in, do it overnight. And Gakwe's staying, right? Well, he's well, staying one way or another. I don't know if yeah. he's staying. Is that number ninety one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Correct. Well, yeah. He, in my opinion, he has to. You know, because we, we talk about what's the best way to build a team, especially a team that doesn't have to get rebuilt one hundred percent. You have to build through the draft, but you have to take care of the guys that you drafted before. And Yannick Ngakwe, being a former third-round pick, you have to offer that guy a new contract. Because you already lost Jalen Ramsey, and whether it was right, wrong, or different, he's gone. You have to accept that, move on, you got a draft pick for him, right on. But if you look at the teams that are successful, the Super Bowl-winning teams, they're the teams that build through the draft, and then when that contract's up for those rookies, they offer them a new deal, and they keep them within the program. And unfortunately for the Jacksonville Jaguars, whether it was bad draft picks or just losing guys, they haven't been able to do that. And that's a core of any good NFL team, I feel like. Well, by the way, uh, just just in, Ron Rivera fired at Carolina. So uh, Doug Marone's not the first one to go. Wow. Ron Rivera fired. I uh, remember brought him to a Super Bowl a few years back. I like his philosophy, too. Pound the rock, man. Yeah, yeah. That'll be interesting. That guy's floating around there with a pretty good resume. Yeah. Taking a team to the Super Bowl. A lot of average years in Carolina as well, though. Sure. Uh, like Jeff Fisher. Yeah. <laughs> what was he, Mr. 8-8? Eight and eight? He was. Oh, yeah. And Rivera has a little bit of that quality to him, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, a little bit. Maybe not as long of a run, but he does have that quality to him. Hey, we, we don't have a ton of time. I got to ask you about your basketball team, man. Uh, good win over High Point. You beat Tubby Smith. Does it mean something to beat Tubby Smith for you personally? Come on, be honest with us now. No, I, I know he's I'm coaching not, High I don't Point. Lie. He's trying to rebuild that thing. <laughs> but you just beat Tubby Smith. The guy won national title at Kentucky. Yeah, you know, in 1999, my wife got to meet him and my children. I never did. Um, it was a fluke uh, deal. She held the door for him because he was carrying soda in the building. It was really cool when he took care of my boys. But Coach has been really, really good to me. He's really, really um, brought me along on the side. He's really said some really good things. He's played us when we were at Minnesota. And he is the classiest, if not in all sports, of a human being. 
and to see what he's gone through. Minnesota takes him to the NCAA tournament, wins a first-round game, and they give him a three-year extension nine months earlier and say, you know what, we just think the game's kind of whatever. Memphis, you know what, Penny can get these guys. He got these guys on cue. Obviously, he's helped paying for them to, you know, to move players and all that kind of stuff. We think it's time to get Penny in here, and we're going to give you $9 million, but you're going to – so here's a guy that's got unbelievable class. And an unbelievable bank account too. It sounds like. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's got about fifteen million. But, 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 you know, six hundred some wins, more games than I ever coach, and and just to coach against him and to know that how much he respects us. He really loves our team. He loves our program. When he beat us at Minnesota, he was probably two or three hundred feet down the hallway, and he yells, "Coach, come here!" And this is after the game. Where you know, I looked drained. It was a two-point game at halftime. And I walked on, and he looks at me. I'm not going to cuss. And he says, what the f- are you playing all those money games for? You know? <laughs> and I looked, he said, man, your team's really good, but you're beating them. I said, listen, coach. You just don't understand. Yeah. But now, you know, now he's at high point. <laughs> now, now so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's a little different. But, but I really love where our guys are. I love the fact that we're thir- we're eleven and two. Our last thirteen mid-major games, we're four and one mid-majors this year. We've protected home in a non-conference five and zero. Oh. Yeah. We obviously build ourselves around shooting threes, and I'm not embarrassed, and I'm not scared. And I'm Most not in the it, country, by the way, that, right but now. But I'm saying, but that's yeah. what we do, and that's what our guys are good at. Yeah. So that'd be like saying having Terrell Sampson. And let's not go inside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we do have to do have a better threat around the rim. Um, we're not defending the rim as well as we did last year. We're, we're 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 really not defending the rim as well as we did last year, and we're really working on it now to try to figure out where our our we're missing that. And and you could say, well, it's Noah Harkler, coach. I mean, it's no not hard yeah, to figure out, yeah. but we we have to figure that part out. But we go on the road now for a long time. We're not home again until January ninth. Seven straight starts. on the road. 11 of our last 12. And we have some true mid-major road games. First time. Uh, Austin P and Southern Miss back-to-back. A team we already beat at home, Southern Miss. So we got Florida State and, of course, at Syracuse and at Dayton, who will be probably top 10, top 15 in the country by the time we play them. Wow. And then right on the road to Kennesaw State and to North, Northern, uh, University of North Alabama to open up the league. So it's great. It's awesome. We're, we're getting healthy. Garrett's back. Yep. Um, so we're really in a good place. And as a coach, I need to continue to understand that celebrate victories. And I know we won by 23 last night. And I know here, here, here let, let's leave on this. Somebody asked me a question last night in post game media and said, coach, you, you look like you really got into the guys. and You were coaching them hard and you had such a big lead and all this kind of stuff. They haven't been to enough games. Well, <laughs> here's the thing, Brent. If your child comes home with straight A's hmm. and you're so proud, of course, and you're so happy. That this person really embraces education, but they continually treat their room the way you don't want them to. They continually disrespect your mother like you don't want them to. And they continually bring the car home with no gas in it like you've told them not to do. But you're going to just say, it's okay. You get straight A's. It's all right. You'll figure it out. You'll work this out. You'll get better at treating your mother better or treating women better. You'll get better at taking care and being accountable, responsible if you borrow something or you use something of somebody. No, it doesn't work that way. That's great you got straight A's. You should have straight A's. I'm proud of you for straight A's. So, to me, it's always more than just the moment. It's, and what we're seeing. There's things down the road. So Here's what anyways, I do see. I know you got to go. No, no, but I got, I got one more for you. Uh, because you, I've watched a couple of games. I've only been to a couple. The Jag, I've, Our Jag shows are every day that, uh, that coaches scheduled the games this year. Sure, I, sure. Blame, I blame all you guys. But uh, <laughs> hey, uh, we have 
four home games, five home games with good. students. It's been good, but usually I'll do the games on course, the end, yeah. thanks to Richard Miller I for filling watching, in. Man, yeah. But uh, it's a bummer. I love doing the games. Yeah. Just haven't been able to because of the Jag shows. But I snuck over yesterday for the second half. I think I saw the Southern Miss second half as well. You look like you're having fun with this team. You like this team? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you, it, you can kind of see that. I know sometimes people will notice when you're yelling at them. But I kind of notice. Yes, I kind of notice when you're coaching them hard is what we. Uh, I kind of notice that you're, you're having a, having some fun with so this team. Carrie, it looks like. So Carrie Brent, my wife, has helped me to make a commitment, and she said, "Sweetheart, you only have one of these kind of teams every so often with five seniors. Mm. How about you just take a step back and really enjoy these five seniors? You've poured into them so much that you should actually cherish and relish what's transpiring in front of you." And because of her and because of what she said, I have to get better, Brent. I really do. I have to get better at that. But that's what I'm trying to do. I'm really just trying to enjoy them as human beings and watching what we've helped them become as men. Yeah, good for you. Uh, yeah, and you should do that. And you should relish the wins. Another good win last night. Hit the road now. And maybe we'll catch up with you. Oh, I while thought you're you wanted me road. out. I thought oh, no. you were kicking um, me out the way you said hit the road. <laughs> <laughs> I was grabbing my car keys. <laughs> that's not my job, Brent. You're doing it, man. <laughs> That's what Carolina said to Ron Rivera, uh, apparently today. But no, I have a good road trip, good holidays. You have a good Thanksgiving, by the way? Uh, in Vegas. I know you were in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I tell you what, um, first time, I think maybe in my life, I'm not positive. I didn't have turkey. Wow. Oh, yeah, wow. It was kind of weird. Yeah. But listen, I, I enjoy you, t and I really enjoy talking when we were at the Final Four. I thought that was one of the better great conversation. interviews, conversations that we had. And I respect when you come from a school like you come from, yeah. you get it a little bit better, a little bit more clear. I appreciate and, it, Coach. Yeah, Thank you. And, 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 it, and it shows in you. Hey, Thank go you very win much. Some games. I appreciate we'll see it. We'll see you back here in Coaching January. Coaching them hard. Coaching them hard. I and like that. By man. the way, go watch Carter Hendrickson play for UNF. That kid's going to be a stud. Oh, He's just a down. sophomore. <laughs> Kentucky guy. <laughs> All right. Matthew Driscoll from the UNF Ospreys off to a 6-4 and four start, 5-0 and oh at home. They hit the road now for the month of December. Hopefully get a... I'd love to see him steal one of these wins. Tough sure. to do, though. He mentioned Dayton. Some hard teams coming up. Yeah. yeah, tough to do. But you're gonna uh, find out what your team's made of. Hopefully, uh, they can. They're a good team. Yeah, they're a good team, and they'll threaten in the league and maybe be around for March uh, and and make a run in March. They'll be around in March. Hopefully, they make a run in March. Quick little tidbit. So the, 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 he's talking about the RPO thing. I probably should have brought it up with him. But would you say the RPO, if you compare it to basketball, would be like the pick and roll? Uh, Where you kind of read what the defense gives you and you just go from there. Yeah, there we go. There we so go. that's actually I'm way talking back. Like so they Steve Nash started. Mari, yeah, so they Mari. actually started. Oh, it I'm talking 2005 time. Steve Nash MVP, baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I like it. All yeah. right. Uh, hey, we're going to take a time out. We come back. Uh, we'll get more into the Bortles and Foles discussion. Mm -hmm. uh, and what is the bigger mistake? Are they both equal value? Getting some responses on social media. Ron Rivera out. Yeah. Is it someone you seriously would consider? <clears throat> Doug Marone rumors. Mm -hmm. Will he make it through the end of the year? Uh, what is going on in Jags land? A, a lot to get to here today. Uh, we're just scratching the surface, and we do have Jason Fitz, we believe, coming up at 4 o'clock, talk some college football. We will have Alex Ricker Gilbert at some point from the JU Dolphins. If you haven't heard today, JU canceling their football program. Canceled it and immediately. So we will talk to JU about that and what it means for their athletic program and their university. Uh, we'll have that a little bit later on as well. We'll be back on ESPN 690. Thanks for hanging out with us. Everyone feels the negative effects of a loss. Yes. Uh, you know, some of the guys who feel it the most are the guys on the field. When you're down there and things aren't going well and, and the boos start coming in, yeah. you feel every single one of those.
Well, that is Chris Conley last night at Jags Report live at Top Golf every Monday, 7 o'clock on CBS 47. Chris was really good. We're going to play you some of the comments from Chris, and I didn't think at times he held back at all. I think he said a little bit about this football team, and it's gut check time mm-hmm. down at Jags headquarters. I think he acknowledged that, and there's a lot on the line here under the radar for players, for the I, I hate to use the word culture, but the whatever they're trying to build in that locker room. Because here's the deal. Maybe the front office is gone. Doug Marone looks like he's going to be gone. But there they, is this young core of football players that have been around here a little bit, that will be around here, that you want around. And you have to wonder, what does this all do? What does this all mean? And I think one of the big problems in Jacksonville In my view, now this is an outside view, so it could even be looked at as a bit unfair, but I think I have enough information to say it's not unfair. Uh, So I don't mind saying it this way. Brent Morton, Austin Lane, back on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. I think when you go get a young football team, which they did years ago, I think the hope is, and part of the sustainability of being good from 2017, is that they will continue to grow together, they will mature together, they will take over the leadership reins, all those kind of things. I know those things seem like subtle, whatever, Brent, yeah, whatever. It might even sound like coach speak and and athlete speak. But I do think at the end of the day, if you want to win for a long time, if you want to be the Seattle Seahawks, if you want to, again, the Patriots are such an outlier, but maybe the Baltimore Ravens or the Pittsburgh Steelers, you need some of that flip from the young guys to grow into the old guys. Of course. And and if you're going to have that and be around for a while, well, I think these young guys – if I'm being completely honest, and I'm not going to call out names, and I don't know if it's across the board. But in my view, one of the big problems with this football team and why they have struggled last year and this year in critical moments is because that young group, that young core hasn't grown up enough. I I just don't think they have. I don't think they're a mature enough football team with some of those guys that you thought, okay, they're ready to take the reins. I mean, Miles Jack showed it. I don't even have to say, I don't even know other maybe backstories of Miles Jack, but I can tell you, and on the field one, he gets named captain and he gets ejected from the first football game of the year. Mm-hmm. And it's been a disappointing season for Miles Jack. I don't care how you slice it, it's been a disappointing season. But that's my point. Those guys that were supposed to kind of, okay, take us to the next level, win year after year, show everybody else the way that comes in here, you know, pass the torch, Calais, to one of these guys, mm-hmm. you know, the Chris Conley presence. He's a veteran guy. He can show you a few things, the young wide receivers. But now what? It's your turn. Have we seen that from this football team? And I would say that's a glaring no. And while that doesn't necessarily jump out maybe at on Sunday afternoons when you're watching them at the bank or you're watching them on TV, I think there's an underbelly of this. Whatever's going on in that building, the disconnection maybe even in the locker room, the disconnection when you lose by double digits, 17-plus in four straight games, where it doesn't look like you're any good, Mm -hmm. I think it falls on some of those guys' shoulders to say, wait a minute, we can't have this. We're not having this. we got to end this. This is how you fix this. And to me, there's that M word of maturity comes to mind. And I just don't know if this football team, those young core guys, have ever developed into that, at least enough of them. I think the penalties show that a bit, too, 105 of them this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can tell you where the leadership is on the football team. I just don't know if there's enough leadership 
You get my point? Absolutely. Am I mistaken? No, Is it possible? No, no, you're not, Brett. And to me, this was a problem even when Gus Bradley came in. When I was on my way out, when I started watching all the transactions happen on the Jacksonville Jaguars, I started seeing like, Mercedes Lewis getting let go. You know, Daryl Smith goes to Baltimore. And it kept on just going on and on and on. And lo and behold, soon enough, it was like, wow, all the guys that I spent time in that locker room with are pretty much gone except for Avery. And when you do that and you rely on the draft and you rely on undrafted free agents and the young guys, that's great because that's going to be your future. But at the same time, when you did that, you had no one to show those guys the way. And now we're in 2019, and they have established some core players. They have brought on some free agents, Clay S. Campbell, um, even like when Malik Jackson was here. Uh, so from that perspective, they have brought some guys in. But at the same time, to me, not enough because – I mean, it's evident, Brent, you know, and especially when you appoint your captains like the Miles Jacks or Leonard Fournette last year. And when those guys kind of make it a habit of, you know, punching, uh, punching a Bills player in the game last year, Miles Jack getting thrown off this year, when that starts to become the norm and those are your captains, well, that's just going to branch off and feed down to the bottom guys. And that's kind of where we're at right now, I feel like. So I do agree with you. I think that, you know, from the culture problem, but once again, if, if the front office is feuding with Doug Marone and then Doug Marone's feuding with the front office, well, that's going to trickle down as well. So it is a giant mess. And the best thing, and this is why, once again, and I get it, people are probably sick and tired of me saying this now, but with Yannick Ngakwe, like, Listen, I don't know what type of guy he is off the field. I don't know what type of leader he is. Like, if he's a rah-rah guy, I assume he is because he's a high-energy character. But from what I see on the field, what I see during training camp is that guys gravitate towards him. You know, he, he's the first one to always go on the lines. He's making sure guys are in the right spots and things like that. And he's helping Josh Allen out as well. To me, that's a captain. And to me, that's a guy you got to take care of. So that's why you got to pay him. If you franchise tag him, which could very well happen, and say, you know what, we're going to have you for the year. We're going to franchise tag you and maybe work something out. If you do that, you're kind of sending a message not only to, to Yannick Ngakwe, but you're sending a message to the entire team saying, well, we value you, but we value you just enough to franchise tag you. We don't see you as the big cog that makes this whole machine go in that locker room. So that's why, to me, it's so important to take care of the guys that you drafted that were expected to come in here and get jobs done. And one of the things now, if this new regime and when a new regime we think comes in there is – are they going to say, hey, Jan, hate to tell you, man, but you have to prove it again to us. I don't know you. We don't know you. That happens, man. No, it does. I mean, that Absolutely. happens in our business. We get a new news director, a new general manager, a new company that owns us. And guess what? You gotta go pr- they don't care what Brent did the last 12 years. Whoa. They have no idea about Brent. They just know... He's a sports guy. He's getting paid this, and, well, let's see if he's any good. Well, and guess what? I mean, <laughs> uh, assuming an entire new regime comes in here, that means a new offense. That means a new defense, and it means a new philosophy. So they can look at Yannick Ngakwe and be like, oh, I don't know where we're going to put you. They can look at Miles Jack and be like, oh, cool, you're very adamant about playing middle linebacker. Check this out. You're playing outside linebacker now. Welcome. You know, like, th- those things are going to happen. And that's why I guess this last quarter of the season is so important from the players in that locker room because – Yes, you're putting on additions, but you have to hope that whoever comes in here to take the, you know, take the coach's jobs are going to fit into what you run. Because I mean, that's what happened to me. You know, like, yeah, when, when Coach Malarkey was here and Tuck was calling the defense, I was a four-three defensive end. You know, I was 265 pounds, and I was at home there. I was the first and second down defensive end. All of a sudden, Gus Bradley comes in, and it's more of the three-four hybrid. And uh, you're talking about a 265-pound Leo. No, can't do that. Well, can you play defensive tackle? Well, I'm 265 pounds. Can't do that. So there wasn't a home for me. It didn't matter what I put on film. There just wasn't a home for me. So that's what 
players in the locker room got to understand as well. Where if a new regime does come in, it's going to be like a day one all over again. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I just feel like we're going to hear so many stories coming out in the next month too. I just feel like the the little things. Uh, let me ask you this one before I get to more on Foles uh, and Bortles. Sure. And which was the bigger mistake? How many things do you think in your time that you recollect you go back on and you think uh, maybe in in OTAs, maybe in training camp, you know, like, oh boy, like see that guy right there, or the way we had that meeting, or the way we practiced, or the or the way that, that guy shouldn't get away with that, or this or that, or those kind of things, right? Sure. That n- later in the year, you're like, I knew it wasn't going to work. Because of those little things. Like, nobody thinks it's a big thing at the time, but they balloon, especially when you start losing. Yeah. And I got a feeling like that's happening now. Yeah. Like, all these, of, of course, the biggest one being Tom Coffin and Doug Marone. Doug Marone says, hey, I'm going to do it my way, man. Mm-hmm. And we know Tom Coffin wasn't signing off on that way. So now you get that because why it's not working. The We all have egos. Tom Coffin has an ego. Tom Coffin said, I told you, man, this ain't going to work. Mm-hmm. I've been doing this for 30 years, 50 years, whatever it is. Yeah. Doug Marone says, ah. I don't know why it didn't work. I wanted to do this. I, I tried to take care of you players. What happened? You know, so, but how much does that happen with the players too, where you kind of, your locker mate, your, a guy sure. in your defensive meeting room might be like, I knew this, this was going to, this well, was going to uh, snowball at some point. So it's funny. There's a couple of examples I can give, but the biggest example, when you mentioned that you brought up the question, I went to one place right away. And it's funny because usually in a locker room, you've seen it, Brent, it was the defense sticks with the defense, the offense sticks and their clicks, right? I mean, we don't really, you know, we don't cohabitate, basically. Well, we did in this instance, and it was when going into the 2011 season and Dave Grard just got cut. And Blaine Gabbert was was the starter because obviously I was shocked. The entire team was shocked. We were we were at the team luncheon. We get back from the bus and all of a sudden Dave Guard's locker's getting cleaned out. Yeah. We, we thought it was a joke. Unbelievable. We, we honestly thought it was a joke. We, no one was buying it. And all of a sudden Blaine Gabbert. By the way, that's starting. how this damn decade started yeah. in Jacksonville. Yeah. So <laughs> and granted, you know, I think at the time I forget who the backup quarterback even was that started a couple. Was it Henny at the time? It might have been Henny. Whoever the quarterback was ended up starting a couple games. But we knew, you know, the writing was on the wall. Blaine Gabbert was going to be the starting quarterback. And after his first game, you know, he panicked a little bit, and we knew that. And we talked all the offensive linemen. We knew, man, this guy's like it was. It was adamant. Fans knew it. Players knew it. And I could have swore coaches knew it as well. But we knew, man, you guys are going to throw Blaine Gabbert in way too quickly. And I get it. He didn't start right off the season, right off the bat. But we knew what the writing was on the wall. It was when we were winning games. A couple games Gabbert in. was going to get his phone. You know, his, his number rang. And sure enough, he goes in. And the guy wasn't ready. Yeah, you know, and, and you guys knew it. And we knew it. We knew it right off the get-go. Cause, and we were just in shock that Dave got let go because we were coming off an 8-8 eight and eight season. And we had a lot of those pieces from the 8-8 eight and eight season. Close to, missing the, uh, close to making the playoffs. And all of a sudden... Dave's gone and Blaine's in. It's like, oh, we knew it was up right away. If it makes you feel better, Jack Del Rio didn't even know they were drafting him. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Way better now, yeah. Uh, Hey, uh, some responses on the Foles or Bortles, okay? Foles unequivocally, Archer says, based solely on cost of the team. For the second time, Coughlin has put this team into salary cap hell for no reason. Eric says, Bortles, it's not close. He ate a five-year, 73 starts. That's a lot of bad football. Uh, Joey says, Bortles, because if not for that, we may have not ended up with Foles. Maybe would have drafted different. Again, this isn't a cause and effect question, although I know there is a cause and effect element of this. Yeah. <laughs> Alfie says, I think it's without question, Bortles. Matthew Foles, only because they just went through the same scenario in offseason prior and did it again. Mm-hmm. Charlie, Bortles extension, no reason for it. At least with Foles, there was a logical thought process considering what was available. Uh, Barnes says, fire Marone, now hire Rivera. 
How many people are raising their hand for that? I'm not sure. Uh, Let's get into it. MC says uh, Bortles, because they had a chance to hedge that bet, failed to do so. Foles was a Hail Mary of desperate proportions. Uh, what else we got? NorCal Brian. Blake, because he was already under contract, we already knew he wasn't good. And uh, we've got an Andy question that we can get to in just a little bit. Uh, so I, I like that topic, though, because they they have made two epic mistakes. Mm-hmm. And in a way, I feel like the Foles mistake was is now going to look more bad. Yeah. <laughs> is that the right English? It's going to look <laughs> epically more bad. bad. And yeah. both are going to look epically bad. Of course. But I get the feel this one might. So I'll explain that. Okay. Plus, we have some college football. I think Jason Fitz will join us. Uh, that's on the way, but we're not done with the Jags discussions. It's coming up on ESPN 690. I just thought it was going to give us the best chance to win. I really did. So I don't think any decision like that's easy. It's very painful, you know, because you know it's just not one person. And I look at it as if I ever have to bench someone or, or pull someone or whatever words that we want to pull, it's a direct reflection on me. It's not easy, but, you know, those are the decisions that have to be made. Well, that's Doug Marone on the quarterback situation here in Jacksonville. And, Coos, can we expunge? Is that an appropriate word? Expunge everything that has to say, give me the best chance to win here in Jacksonville. Because I just don't believe it anymore. We're all in this together, and what gives us the best chance to win? I mean, I'll I can't. bleep those out. Yeah, please do. I mean, I just can't. I love, up to that point, it was like this with Gus Bradley. Yeah. By year four, you just you didn't even want to listen to a news conference. Right. I just like, what else are you supposed to say? And I, I understand where Doug's coming from. I just – and he made the right move in terms of if you're going to say give myself the best chance to win or give our team the best chance to win, once you saw that that performance by Foles, he had to make that switch. Mm-hmm. So thank goodness he made that switch in the second half because Foles was not giving you the best chance to win, at least in that particular game. Yeah. Uh, more on the Jags. Foles, Bortles, what's the bigger mistake? That's coming up. Uh, throughout the show. Ron Rivera fired in Carolina. Is Doug Marone next? Would Ron Rivera be a fit here in Jacksonville? Would you entertain that? Uh, all those topics are on the table, but so is this. A little college football. Jason Fitz from ESPN joining us right now. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving, man. I did, gentlemen. I hope you guys did, too. And and I want in on the Jags fun. I mean, I you know, here's my rule with the press conference. Rule number one in life. I always say, look, if, if you want to go see a psychic, it's fine. But what you do when you see a psychic is you take your your friend that has no shot at anything and you let him go in the room first. And if he comes out and he says, look, my psychic says that I'm never going to get a job, I'm not going to have anything go my way, and I'm basically going to live this life the rest of my life, uh, that's the psychic I'm going to go see every day because that's the psychic that's honest. If we could ever have a coach that came out and said, hey, you know what, we're selling a lot of the mustache T-shirts, figure what the heck, nothing else is going right. Now that's... Is a press conference I'm in for for life. Absolutely. And you know what? That might be the thing around here. <laughs> Sell more mustache T-shirts. They all were in the bank on Sunday, and uh, it, it was a lot of ovation when Gardner Minshew got in that game. Oh, wow, we've got some good stuff in college football, but it's plain as day now, Jason Fitz. Isn't it? It's Utah. It's Georgia. It's Oklahoma or Baylor. Is it as simple as that for that final team? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's going to be one of them, and I think, frankly, it's going to be a Big 12 team. And, and not because I think the Big 12 – this is interesting because, remember, a few weeks ago, the committee told you that they think the Big 12 is no good. Now, all of a sudden, they're stacking the Big 12 up because they've got no other choice. And that's really what this comes down to, in my mind, at some point, is you're just looking at it and saying, well, got to be somebody. So what I expect tonight is we're going to see Utah at number five, which is going to feel good to everybody. But the problem is we're going to see two Big 12 teams, I think Oklahoma and then Baylor, at six and seven. 
when we see that, what they're really telling you is that the winner of that game is going to eclipse everybody for that five spot. So, you know, I don't see a lot of chance to give uh, somebody else in that. I think Utah, frankly, a better football team. That's what's funny about it. Like, Utah is a better football team to me today than than Oklahoma is, but I still don't think they're going to get the love from the committee out of a win over Oregon. You know what's crazy about that, Jason, uh, is that's where the committee's supposed to come in. They're not supposed to, you know, there's times, and they change this up, it seems like, every year, but you, you know, that that old debate, is it the best four football teams, the most deserving four teams? And I agree with you. I think Utah's a better football team. And by the way, they might be more deserving as well. So I still think Utah has a really good chance. It just depends on what kind of stipulations, what kind of rules this committee wants to enforce when it all comes down to it. Well, and, and, you know, what are they looking for? Because Utah has been consistent. Yeah, they have one loss, and that loss to USC is pretty difficult to explain. That's fine. But when you really look at who they have been day in and day out, Utah runs the ball incredibly well. Tyler Huntley doesn't make a lot of mistakes. You know, their defense has played incredibly well for the Pac-12. I, I don't know what the fatal flaw is for them as a team and why we aren't looking at them as a more complete team. The other side of it, though, is Oklahoma sure does put up a bunch of highlights, and that's sometimes <laughs> what it feels like is happening here. Like, I feel like everybody watches the five or six throws that Jalen Hurts makes in are oh, my God, every game. And then it's, this is remarkable. But over the last month and a half of the season, he hasn't been as accurate. He hasn't been as quick with his reads. It, has, it just hasn't been great. So, uh, to me, I would take Utah. If I was on the committee, Utah would be my number four after after Georgia loses. Yeah, one quick question. If Baylor does beat Oklahoma, do you think Baylor will jump Utah? Yeah, I think. I mean, because at that point, what they're telling you is Baylor will have their loss will be to, you know, a top 12, 13 team, and they will have a win over that top 12, 13 team. They will have avenged their only loss. So yeah, I think the hardest part is that the, the, the best win left for Utah is going to end up being against uh, probably a 12th or 13th ranked Oregon. So, you know, this committee has been ridiculously safe. And I, I think they're even going to do that tonight when they give us our rankings. I think they're going to give us Wisconsin ranked higher just so Ohio State-Wisconsin looks like a good matchup against LSU versus Georgia. Like, it, it feels like they're trying to let everything sort of play its way out by giving everybody what they need so that the, the, the product can just resolve itself on the field. Jason, let's say that Utah goes out and just absolutely dominates Oregon. I mean, does that loss to, with Oregon and uh, Arizona State, that close game, I mean, is that what really kind of put, you know, the, them over as not really being a maybe a college football playoff contender, maybe like a Big 12 team, is just because Oregon got beat by Arizona State University a couple years ago, or a couple weeks ago? Yeah, which is what I think yeah. is completely unfair about it. I mean, at some point, yeah, Arizona State's not a great team, but what has Arizona State done over the last couple of years? They've surprised good football teams. That's something that they do, and the committee should take that into account. This isn't, you know, we make it sound like Arizona State winning that game was the equivalent of Middle Tennessee beating Bama, and it's not. Like, that's just, you know, I, I don't understand why we don't look at Arizona State. While they're not a great, great team, they are a team that can get these sorts of wins, give them a little bit of a benefit of that. I think losing to Arizona State is still a lot better than losing to South Carolina, call Georgia. You know, so I'm not sure exactly what we're looking for. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's tough when you measure all the, the those things. A two-loss team, just I know we uh, we're not going to get it because okay, Georgia loses, Utah loses, and Oklahoma or Baylor lose. So you still have a one-loss team out there. So a two-loss team wouldn't be invited. If you could invite one, who would it be? 
Man, that's a really good question. You because got Florida. You I got would, Bama. You... I would make the argument Florida is more deserving than Bama. And that's based partially on who they played and how they played. I mean, Matt Jones did play very well against Auburn, and I know that, but this has been a susceptible defense for Alabama, and that bothers me. It is not a susceptible defense for Florida. We know that. They have better players right now, top to bottom, on the defensive side of the ball. Now, the offense has been a little inconsistent, but with Matt Jones as your quarterback, do we know that the Alabama offense is going to be consistent? It was for one game against Auburn. Fine. But, you know, look at it, who played ultimately when you look at who played defensively how they played florida's a better team i think today so it, it would be hard for me not to take florida at the top of the two losses yeah i don't disagree with that i was at the iron bowl i watched them i've seen florida play i i think florida would beat alabama i really do i, I think they're a better team that sounds crazy to say uh but i i think they would, and I'm not a Gator fan, by the way, not at all. Uh, so uh, I think they've done a great job, and I just I, I'm starting to wonder. I think there's some speculation out there, and this is unfair to Nick Saban in Alabama. But is this the start of maybe a an Alabama program that starts to come back to the pack a little bit? Is there any sense from you, or is this just maybe not their best year? I, I think there's a, you know, and, and, uh, to be honest, we just finished taping college football live that'll be on ESPN today. And that was one of the questions. So, you know, I think a lot of people are asking that, but when I look at it, what I see is a defense that was young and we knew they were young and they were injury riddled this yeah. year. So they got a year of experience under the belt. They're going to come back good. They're going to come back better than good. They'll all be sophomores instead of freshmen. They have a lot more experience. They'll be bigger, faster, stronger. On top of that, I do believe that Mac Jones is going to be a heck of a player. They're going to have to replace some big playmakers on the outside. I don't think Alabama is necessarily taking a massive step back. The problem is for Alabama fans, I think the rest of the SEC looks really good for a while. I mean, Georgia continues to have great recruiting classes, so I think they're going to be a good team moving forward. But on top of that, LSU is stacked. Auburn believes that they are a better football team than we realize. All three losses to top ten teams, Bo Nix gets his freshman year out of his system. I mean, I'm looking at that saying that when you start to think about that, when you think about what they could look like for the next few years, Auburn's going to be good, so it's not so much that, that Alabama's failed to me. It's that the rest of the SEC is going to put up three or four teams that are darn good. Jason, big story right now uh, going on on this area is obviously the Florida State coaching. I guess I'd call it a limbo, Brent. What would you call it? Purgatory? Right? What is it? <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's limbo? purgatory right now to be a Florida Kansas State City fan. Shuffle? A Kansas City Shuffle, maybe? <laughs> what, whatever it is, man, uh, there's a lot of speculation, a lot of rumors here and there. What do you make of it all, and who do you think is going to be the next coach of the Florida State Seminoles? Well, and that's, that's a great question because I think it's, a better job than people want to give it credit for because at the end of the day, you judge college football jobs, not by the record of recency, but by the resources they have. So what's your facilities situation? What's your donor situation? Can you get the money you need? Can you do the recruiting that you need to do? And are you in an area that can be recruited? Well, all of those things check the box for Florida State, right? So they should be in a position to be successful. It hasn't worked, so now how do you fix it? I think you need somebody that's probably got a little bit more personality and somebody that's a better salesman, somebody that can come out and actually get the guys in there that they want, but also they can buy a little time from the alumni base and from the money base. I, I know that he's going to be a hot commodity, but I continue to look at Mike Norvell at Memphis and say that is somebody that has one year put up an incredible running offense that got two guys into the NFL, not one running back, but two running backs into the NFL, and now this year has been able to morph that offense to be behind his quarterback. His quarterback's going to come back again, so maybe he doesn't want to leave Memphis. 
But, man, if I'm Florida State, the first call I make is to Memphis to Mike Norvell and see if I can get somebody that, as a coach, what I love the most about Mike Norvell is his answer to how you are productive offensively is always the same. You look at the players you have and you build a system around those players. That is the answer we should always get from our coaches instead of coming in and saying, I want my guys that run my system. So I think Mike would be a great hire for that school. Nice, nice said, man. And uh, talking to Jason Fitz, ESPN All Things College Football here. Uh, Jason, I want to shift topics a little bit, man. And you kind of gave me a lot of crap for my chicken sandwich uh, conclusion when I said Wendy's was kind of on the bottom of the depth chart. It is what it is. And I'm glad you wished me a happy, th- uh, happy Thanksgiving. It was good with the family and everything. But I'm going to be honest with you, man. It could have been a lot better if I didn't go on Twitter and read one of the tweets that you tweeted out on Thanksgiving, I believe. And I'm going to read it out here quick. And uh, I apologize for the offensive language I'm about to use for the folks listening or watching around the world. Jason Fitz said this, and I quote, Pie crust is trash. Yes, even your family's great recipe. I've tried them all, all over the world. Pie sucks. Cake is amazing. I'm putting, I'm giving you a chance to speak your mind right now of what, what you have against pie, man. Well, yeah, it's just bad. I mean, you know, the funny thing is, when, when you when you tour in country music, like you do a lot of county fairs, a lot of festivals, oh, of a lot of grandmas coming in with their like their their favorite family recipe on this is this is grandma's pie crust with this, and this is grandma's pie crust with that. It's all bad. It's all bad. Everybody's grandma's pie crust is bad, straight across the board. And the the most important thing you need to learn in your life is that anything pie can do, cake can do better. Oh, and wow. if you just embrace that that segment of life. You're going to find so much freedom when you can just have pumpkin, you know, and, and look, a couple of things. Cheesecake, not the pie family. It's a tart. It, all right. We got we got some clarity on that. And go look and we go. Okay, it has a graham cracker crust, not a regular crust. Okay. So cheesecake stands out. It's on its own list. It's uh, So cheesecake is uh, 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 separate from this. And I do like a good graham cracker crust. So, you know, key lime pie, although I would also argue that's really in the tart family. Well, it's called pie, uh, though, uh, right? So here we are. Yeah, it's called pie. Yeah, it's called pie. That would be my one exception to the rule. But cherry pie, apple pie, sweet potato pie, all of the pies that you could possibly imagine, garbage. Just straight garbage. <laughs> well, Just need the filling out of a can is better. I'm offended, Brent. Listen, I love this. Oh, what? I what love this because he doesn't sit on the fence like you, man. He's oh, all I'm in on this. I'm not sitting on the fence. Next week you call in, I'm going to have a PowerPoint presentation ready to go of why pie will always be superior to cake. Hands down. I mean, have you ever heard of this thing called frosting? Like, I, last night in my check, like, frosting is better than anything cake. You know, what? Cake can't pie offer filling? me cream cheese icing. Dude, at least I'm getting, like, some kind of nutrition out of apple pie or cherry pie. I'm getting my antioxidants in. I'm getting my nutrition in. What is cake bringing to the table except excess sugar and carbs? Right. Well, you just made my point for me, okay? As a former fat kid. I don't want nutrition out of my dessert. I want, I want more cake and more. I want more sugar and fat in my dessert. Come on now, Jason. But when I mean cake or I mean pie, I want to feel at least semi-healthily like conscious that you know what I'm eating this. It's bad for me, but at least I'm getting some kind of vitamins in it. That's why I'm going with pie. But I, 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 I respect your decision. I want to eat my decision. cake in a closet of shame. It's a closet of shame. I'm like, don't look at me. It's my third piece, and I'm not afraid of it. I respect your decision. So who's gonna win the SEC championship? <laughs> hey, Sorry, man. You're my three touchdowns. Now, let me. Our pie cake debate is going to be better than any of the conference championship <laughs> games we do this weekend. They're all going to be blowouts. And that's said right there. Uh, Jason Fitz from ESPN. By the way, Jason, I want to just let you know, when, when Austin's teeing that up, I have no idea where he's going just like you. I know you're on the phone like, what the heck is he about to ask? <sighs> oh, yeah. I'm thinking the same thing. I'm saying, Akuz, you might need the drop button here. Wild card, I don't baby. know. But, uh, 
Well, we went pie and cake. That's went pie we went. and cake, man. Hey, good to talk to you, man. Have a good uh, championship weekend. We'll see the college football rankings come out tonight, and uh, we'll watch you all week uh, on ESPN as well. Y'all have a great week and eat a bunch of little cake bites for me. Have a great week. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, that is Jason Fitz from ESPN. And you can hear him right here on ESPN 695 until 6 a.m. If you get up early or you're going home late, first and last is what they call it. Ungolic and Wingo on a regular appearance. And Countdown to Game Day, Saturday mornings with David Pollock and Maria Taylor on the ESPN app, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. That starts at 830 on Saturday's Jason Fitz fun conversation there. When we come back, we will talk a little more college football in about 20 minutes or so uh, about the JU Dolphins canceling their football program. But back to the Jags. I still have some more thoughts on the Foles sure. and Bortles debate. Which one was worse? Also, Ron Rivera, would he fit in Jacksonville? Are we already looking for co- – are we turn the page on Doug Marone? There was a report earlier today that said we probably should. Mm-hmm. We'll talk a little Ron Rivera. He got fired in Carolina. Some of those conversations. Before up we go next. to the break, Brent, it's bugging me. Do you prefer pie or cake? Don't do this to me, Brent. Come on, man. I'm trying to think overall. See, I do like apple pie, but yeah. all the rest of them, you can have it. Okay, so then you're leaning towards cake? I'm not really much of a cake guy either. Uh, Ice okay. cream cake? That doesn't count. I'm no. probably more. If you put two in front, I'll probably eat cake. <laughs> Coos? Probably a cake. Pie all day, man. Listen, Thank man, I you, like man. sugar. I haven't had it in like a month and a half. What is wrong with it. you people? You can't, like, any pie is good pie. You have to make sure the the cake is moist. and uh, just, It's like eating cotton. Give it's just you people. Just, yeah, no, it's, like it's, you it's people. you people. It's Jason Fitz and it's you, Brent. I've had it with you people. We'll be back. Maybe. Well, that doesn't happen around the league. You know, you hear people say time and time again, second string quarterbacks don't get any reps. And that is true. Second-string quarterbacks don't get reps in practice. They don't get reps with the first team. They for sure don't get reps running the plays that the team has planned for the game plan. But Coach Marone has gone on, and he added two periods at the end of practice with the second and third string to go against the defense, giving a scout look, giving them opportunities to run the game plan play so that Garner could stay locked in. That's Chris Conley last night on Jags Report Live at Top Golf, a conversation that we were talking about, in fact, you prompted me to ask the question. Thanks for doing some of my homework last You're night. You're welcome, man. No problem. Brent Martin, Austin Lane, and you said it. You were like, that does not happen. Doesn't. But you also kind of had, at least my interpretation was, that does not happen and should not happen. Yeah, I mean, here's my perspective. The whole point, especially during the season, towards the end of the season of practicing, is to prepare for your opponent. Like, yeah, you can work on your fundamentals a little bit here and there, but the biggest thing... Is preparing for your opponent, and when you put in a second, you know, a, a backup, a second string quarterback in, and try to gauge his confidence and try to develop him during practice time, to me, that's a waste of practice time. Yeah, I hear you. And he's Doug Marone has done a couple of things unconventional. That the rotation of the right guard, they still do it. You don't like that? No, right? no. I've been very adamant about that yeah. since day one. Yeah, listen, I I can't stand it. Um, Obviously, I'm a defensive lineman, so maybe I'm out of place to say. But in my opinion, if you're the offensive line, it's all about finding the flow. It's all about, you know, finding that cohesiveness. And anytime you keep on subbing guys in and out, in and out, you can't let them find that flow. So, yeah, I absolutely have an issue with them rotating their guards. I always say this. I kind of laugh at uh, practices, it feels like, this time of year, right? Yeah. So... Like if if you played sports ever, and I didn't play it at the highest level, but I just remember late season practices were like, all right, go get some swings in, sure, loosen up your arms, stretch, 
and that's it. I you should, weren't still working. Should play baseball, man. But you still weren't. You weren't doing a lot of first and third plays. You no, know, by the time you got forty games into the season, you weren't doing goal line. You just stuff. weren't. And so I kind of chuckle at practice stuff and conversations in the NFL because that's what I envision. Sure. And so, like when you're saying, like I almost wonder why more guys, backup quarterbacks, don't get more reps because that's the not, ones. Like, it's not the what point. What is it Brent. helping? What is it helping Nick Foles to get three extra reps? In a practice, like, I, because why does that help him where you could maybe help? I'm not just saying Minshew. I'm yeah. saying anybody that might be put in a situation sure. where you need that backup quarterback to play well this time of year or any okay. time of the year. So let's let's put in this situation. Since Foles is no longer the starting quarterback right now, so let's just say Foles is gone. Let's, let's say it's next season for whatever reason, okay? And let's say it's right now the depth chart is Minshew starting and Dobbs is, second, is this backup quarterback. Tell me why would you have... Joshua Dobbs, when you have four weeks left of the season, take those reps. Like, how, how does Joshua Dobbs taking second string reps, going with the first team, how does that help you beat your opponent coming up? How does that help you beat the Los Angeles Chargers? Because to me, especially during this season right now, where maybe the pads do come off a little bit, it's a lot more mental than it is physical. That's for sure. That's, yeah, that's any team. That's I mean, definite. Th- th- that's that's the CBA right there. Yeah, that's you know? true. That's the CBA talking. <laughs> yeah. So so it's definitely more mental than physical right now. Um. It's a lot of walkthroughs. You do some individual drills, but let's be honest. I mean, Brent, you've seen them firsthand. They're just, they're not that strenuous. So, how does that. You're fresh. Exactly. You're staying fresh. But how does putting your energy, your time, and effort into developing a backup quarterback during practice, how does that help you beat the Los Angeles Chargers? I, I get I just, my argument is how does those three extra reps that Nick Fo- or, or Minshew's getting help you, as he's the starting well, guy, help you beat the Chargers anyway? <laughs> I mean, yeah. is that the. The boiling is that wild here. Fourth quarter, man. Those three extra reps we had on Thursday. But let's be honest, it's more than three extra reps, though. It is. Well, it sounded like it was a seven-on-seven session. So it's a seven-on-seven session, but that means okay. Well, then if you're the coach, you have to call the play, so you have to prep. So you have to prep. So you have to practice. You know, because you have to plan the they have to plan the practices out. So they have to go over the offense of what they want to run with Minshew. So they got to prep that a little bit. That takes focus off LA. Then you got to make sure the defense is on point to the kind of looks you want to give them. So once again, that's off uh, LA, and that's focusing on the defense of the scout team. So it's just it's a lot of things that cater to a back up quarterback, which I feel like if you're practicing during, especially with four weeks left to go, all your energy should be on your opponent. Well, listen, I, you're right. I'm wrong. You played in the league, and I think what people would turn, probably were looking at that at times yeah. and being like, what are we doing here? I'm well, wasting my time. I don't want to be at practice anymore, and I don't care about Gardner Minshew's extra reps. So, yeah. I mean, well, and, and by I'll the be honest, you're talking, I, my guess is there were some guys in that locker room that were probably saying that out on that practice field, being yeah. like, what the hell are we doing? Well, and I'll be honest, I'm speaking more from a coach's perspective because to me, and listen, the writing's on the wall for Doug Marone. He's probably not going to be here next year, so it doesn't really matter. But if you're still fighting for your job, well, it's not going to help your job building for the future. You have to win in the now. Yeah, that's you you have to get ready for L.A. That's all that matters. So from that perspective, spending time and energy of trying to gradually move, move along your backup quarterback does nothing to do to beat L.A. Yeah, I would love to know, and I don't know this much of it, is how it was presented to the team. Because if it is unique, it's something in a team meeting, be like, hey, just so you guys know, you know first of all, hey, when when they switch over to Foles, right, that Tuesday morning, sure. hey, hell of a job, Gardner Minshew. Yeah. Well, hey, we appreciate you. Yeah. You did it. 
excellent job. Thanks for keeping us in the season. Did better than anybody could have expected. We love you, man. Mm-hmm. Right? And the team's probably like, hey, Gardner, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's what I envision, sure. right? Yeah. And so, and uh, we love you, man. Yeah, you go, Gardner, I've got a mustache. <laughs> yeah. We're in George today. Yeah, yeah, Jockstrap yeah. workouts. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> but then they're also like, hey, we, we got this guy, Nick Foles. He's he's back. He's ready. And we think our offense is going to evolve, gives us the best chance to win. That's Doug Marone's speech mm-hmm. in that team meeting. But we are so appreciative of this guy and what he did at that position to come in off the street when I hardly knew him and, and to put us in this position. We want to grow this guy want to, just in case we need an, an, another time in three weeks. Mm-hmm. We want to give him an extra couple of reps. Is, I mean, I don't know if you say, is that okay? Like, here's what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. Build like, if you in. communicate to the team while we're doing it, there's such an appreciation for that. Again, it's a unique spot where there's only one guy that plays. It's the only position, other than kicker, that uh, one guy plays the position. Correct. So I, I just, well, I don't know this, and I'm going to try now to find it out because for whatever, it, this doesn't matter in the grand scheme of anything. Yeah. But now I'm interested in it because it's so unique that I'd love to, I'm going to ask some guys and be like, well, how was that presented? And were you like... What the hell are we doing? So, listen, I kind of gave you the, the coach's perspective a little bit of where they should just focus on beating L.A., right? Like, you should just focus on the task at hand and not worry about bringing guys along. I'll give you the player's perspective, though, and this is truly what I think. I think that if you're a player on that team right now and you see Garner Minshew splitting some reps or getting you know, getting his own little session where he can kind of develop yeah, and move splitting. along. It's not splitting, but it he's getting his own session. special time. Yeah. Well, to me, if I'm a player, it's like, well, do, do they not really trust Nick Foles to the fact that they're giving Minshew some extra reps here? Like, is Nick Foles not the guy? Is Nick Foles not going to be the guy next year going forward? Because the coaches may not be here, but I got to be here next year. So the fact that they're giving Minshew extra reps or giving extra time to that, and they're they're dedicating their coaching to, to Minshew a little bit, if I'm a player, I'm like, well, Foles, are, are, are you the guy or not? Because every team that I've been on, man, there's the starting quarterback and the backup quarterback, and you roll with the starting quarterback. And to me, when you have two guys, not, not saying they're splitting reps, but you have another guy, a backup quarterback, getting the starting reps a little bit, to me that says, well, you can't just roll with one guy. You have to roll with both That's guys. That's interesting. I guess, and, and that makes sense to me. Yeah. I just wonder how it was presented in the beginning. No, And I think sure. that would probably go a long way, because I didn't hear guys complain about it. Yeah. Now, I wasn't asking those questions, really, either, until mm-hmm. this just came up on on Sunday, yeah. but uh, that's that. Uh, by the way, John doesn't know, but I mean, I've actually been taking extra reps oh. at the news anchor desk, oh. just oh. in case. Wow. <laughs> Get ready for the playoffs, John. How are you feeling about that? Oh, wow. How are you feeling about My that? My confidence is now a little shaken. I'm gonna. I'm not going to lie to you. You're supposed to focus on the playoffs here, and Brent's getting extra reps in your spot, I man. I don't know how I feel about this. Man. I think I'm going to have to go talk to somebody now. No franchise take coming for you. Dang. That hurts. <laughs> you know, the on the wall. <laughs> my cart, my badge still works, So, and it's, it's payday on Friday. We'll for see now. if it still we'll works. See. We'll see. Uh, uh, we'll see. For now. For now. Yeah, for now. Apparently, you're guaranteed a bunch of money next year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the dead cat TV money situation is. Don't worry about it. Okay, fine. If it was Nick Moles' money, I'm okay. You're good, man. If it was Nick Moles' money, I am okay. They also you have, can take over any time. I've been practicing while wearing a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> and, and nothing else, just your stash. Uh, by the way, that goes back to what you said a, a long time ago, and I'll never forget it, is you can't really have... If, this will stunt Minshew's growth by yeah. pulling him out. And that yeah. was your whole point. Yeah. I mean, really, right? Yep. 
No, it's absolutely. exactly what you were saying before. Well, and, and you know, I think we get caught up in college sometime where if you have two quarterbacks, you know, that's okay. Well, the, yeah. well, you know, I come from the old school philosophy. If you have two quarterbacks, you have none. You, you have zero quarterbacks. And, right. Right. And right. at the end of the day, I mean, I think we anticipated Foles would be better than what he has been, and you had Minshew for the future, but unfortunately, Foles didn't pan out like they planned, and. Now Minshew's the yeah. Guy. The real interesting thing to me is what is obviously is the unanswerable question at this point is what happens next year. Yeah, and you know yeah. what we talked about that yesterday. You just don't know what the new coach if there's a new coach. You don't yeah. know if there's going to be a new coach. You don't know what that new coach is going to want to decide to deal with. And then if all things being the same, does Foles come back and? play better next year for some unknown reason. I mean, yeah. you know, we don't know well, any of those things. I know this. Whatever happens next year, we're assuming it would be a new regime. They'll be yes. able to pin the blame on this regime yeah. either way. Yeah. And that will buy them a honeymoon period That's regardless, right. at least for uh, the short term. It is yeah. one of the reasons I like uh, uh, just one of the few that I like Austin on the show. Uh, <laughs> is, the fact, is the fact that like, there are these nuances in an NFL locker room that are different and I think this is just because there are big paychecks and big egos and, and all those kind of things that are different than some of the way other sports work, mm, you know, yeah. in terms of that, just how, how things are perceived. Mm, sure. We've talked a lot about that on this show. Mm-hmm. How Brandon Linder's perceived getting paid, how Bortles per- paid versus Ngakwe or, yeah. or Ramsey or those kind of things. So I think it's a fascinating part of the mm-hmm. NFL and probably professional sports. They all work like that. Yeah. But uh, a little bit of that insight always fascinates me and. I'm going to start digging a little more on that extra seven on seven. Get it going, man. Let's go. Let's knock down some doors, man. I want to see if it's happened before, how unique this is. Chris Conley said it hadn't happened where he's been around, and they had a great situation. And let's be honest, if it was going to happen in one spot, it would be with Andy Reid and the quarterback whisperer that he is. It would be in Kansas City with Mahomes. Right. But don't you get the vibe vibe that Alex Smith would not like that at all? Like, Alex Smith seems like the guy, like, I'm not digging this, man. Yeah, but to me, Brent, the writing was on the wall with Alex Smith. I mean, he knew he was going to be gone. I know, but he also was kind of like, he might be the one know, that. Man. I'm just saying. Like Nick uh, Foles maybe played good sh- soldier a little bit better than Alex Smith is sure. my is my perception. I might sure. be totally wrong on that. Yeah, but it's my perception. We're yeah. gonna let John go in a minute. We have Alex Ricker Gilbert on the line from uh, okay. Jacksonville well, University. But uh, well, real quick, we're gonna talk to you here in a second. But we're gonna have it on on, on uh, Action News Jax as well. We, we're gonna talk to uh, some folks over there on campus. And, and, and as I'm sure you're about to hear, one of the things we're going to look at is how this may be better for the university as a whole. As a whole, forward. not just athletic. That's right, because right. I think some of the dollars are going to other things. That's I saw right. science mentioned, and I, I didn't interpret everything. Well, you'll get but, some of those answers coming up, and, and then some of those same things we'll be covering as well. One other thing that I'll mention, just because I wasn't prepared to talk about other stuff, because I thought this would be perfect, and you're going to be talking about it. So no, you're fine. Um, the other thing I'll, I'll mention, though, is a big development in that. Remember that uh, the Clay County woman who disappeared? It's been about a month or so. She hired yeah, a, a contractor, and then she was never seen again. And then he wasn't seen. He wasn't seen. Well, guess what? He's been seen in the Duval County Jail. He is now under arrest, or he's in custody. Now, he's been charged with um, a forgery charge. Unrelated uh. at this point, unrelated to the disappearance of this woman. But he is back in custody. He is back in town, and he is now in custody. We're trying to figure out exactly what's like happening there. there. There's, there's. Well, it's Clay County's oh, case. Clay County, sorry. But he, he is in the, he's in the Duval County Jail. We're trying to figure out exactly how that worked out. What's going on there? We've got a lot of questions. We're trying to get some answers for you coming up at five o'clock on CBS 47 Fox 30. 
Very good. John Bachman, Tanika Hughes, Mike Burrish will join them as well on the uh, sports side of things. CBS 47, Fox 30 from 5 until 7, and then 10 o'clock until 11.30 tonight. John, two things. Sorry about pie Minnesota, cake. number one. Oh, game. My, my yep. condolences, is number yes, two. thanks. Cake or pie? Pie or cake? Pie or cake. I don't know if I can take a stance on oh, this one. Oh, here we one. go. I know. I, Thanks, I know. Ryan. You, I mean, you're going to give Thanks, me grief no matter what I say. If no, I, I have no three options. Getting the reps, man. No wonder you're getting the starting reps, Brent. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm just saying, really. I'm just saying, Why can't man. you be a cake and a pie no, guy? No. Why do you have to pick one or the you other? You stick with one, man. I don't think you do. Well, you, I disagree. You prefer one. Like a good newsman, I can, I can like them all. Well, you can prefer one. You're having dinner. What, what's your go-to dessert? Pie or cake? First thing that comes to your head, shut up a can and go. Cookies. And go. Cookies. <laughs> no, I, I I mean, I told you before, I love, when it's my birthday, I yeah. don't get pie, I get angel food cake. Okay, there it is then. How's that? You, know, you, you said answered that's, the question. That's well, like a soft response that, is what you that, said. That's basic. Yeah. That, 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 yeah. That, that's the Starbucks, <laughs> that's like the cappuccino Starbucks of the, the, the cake world. Angel food cake. Okay. I, got, I mean, what else do you want from just, me? Just take some cotton and put sugar on it. It's Andrew Fouquet. If the door is locked tomorrow, John, you'll know why. I guess I guess I will prepare for the badge to be replaced. <laughs> Coach Have wants to see you bring a playbook. you look good we'll in that stash. I'll, I'll give you that. Yep. Coach hey. wants to see you bring a playbook. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Nice to meet you, John. <laughs> we got Alex Ricker Gilbert. On the line, the easiest question we'll ask him maybe is pie or cake. How about that? Um, Alex Ricker Gilbert, the athletic director at Jacksonville University. Sorry to keep you waiting, man. Uh, we had important discussion there about pie or cake. Apologies. That's okay. Thanks for having me on, guys. Hey, uh, tough day over there on campus. Uh, I guess there's no hiding that. Uh, Jacksonville University discontinues the football program, been alive for 23 years, non-scholarship. I guess the easiest question is how hard was this to make? How long did it take to make this decision? Um, and what's the mood over there on campus today? Yeah, it's a, it was a difficult decision, uh, Brent. And uh, our, our number one priority right now um, is to assist our student athletes in whatever choice they make uh, and our coaches in the transition. Um, as you may have, have read, if their student-athletes want to continue on as, as students at Jacksonville University, we will provide them a, a full tuition scholarship in order to do so. Um, and if, if they choose to play elsewhere, we will facilitate them in that process. From a, from a timing perspective, we, we as a university evaluate strategy all the time. And the athletic strategy being uh, a large pillar of the university in that one out of six students on our campus, our student athletes, it's in, it was important that along with the strategic planning process for the university that we dove into uh, what we are doing in athletics, what sports we're offering, how we're investing, uh, and, and also look at the landscape of college athletics and the landscape of college football and the increasing expenses to field a competitive Division I football program. And we weighed those expenses against the benefits of the program and ultimately came to the very difficult decision to discontinue the program. Alex, Austin Lane here. Um, so when you say, you know, there's, there's some things in place in case the students want to transfer out and, you know, continue playing sports. I mean, from your perspective, do you set up like a committee then that could help those students transfer? Or, or how do you go about helping those students that actually want to keep on playing football here? Yeah, we put together a, a care team um, in this process. And 
I communicated with the student athletes this, this morning and with me was that group of individuals from across campus. We had close to a dozen offices represented from the registrar's office to financial aid, to compliance, to student athlete services, uh, to the counseling center. And everybody's, every student athlete's situation is going to be unique. And so if student athletes want to transfer you know, we had compliance there ready to answer their questions about the portal. Or if they wanted to transfer and they had questions about transfer credits, we had the registrar there uh, to answer those questions. If they're curious about the financial aid, we had financial aid there to answer those questions. So I, I am proud of the job that group of individuals has done to support our student athletes, but no doubt it's been a difficult uh, decision and a, a trying time for these young men. Alex Ricker Gilbert, the athletic director at Jacksonville University, joining us on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Brent Morton, Austin Lane here on a Tuesday and a tough day at JU as they discontinue the football program after 20 three years and uh, that means students will be eligible now to go transfer and go hopefully find a home for football or stay on campus and, uh, with the tuition uh, as long as they graduate uh, through graduation at Jacksonville University so well, that offer is being extended and receive a scholarship too and which receive is a scholarship important. Uh, no that's pretty cool yeah, part. So that part is good yeah, you know yeah. so i think there are you know in the immediate Mm-hmm. The shocking news of it, and then at least there's a an olive branch, mm-hmm. um, a place to land uh, for the student athlete, which is which is very good. Um, not so much for the staff, obviously a tough day for the staff. I would imagine Alex Ian Shields and his staff they've been there for a few years now. Uh, tough day for them as well, and always a tough job, I think, as the athletic director, right? Yeah, and, and we're gonna our our priority is to. Um, assist them in their transition as well. And we're going to honor their employment contracts, both the head coach and the assistant coaches, as well as the graduate assistants. And and I will say um, I have and we have the utmost respect for those coaches, for Coach Shields. He is the consummate professional, respectful in every way. His immediate reaction was concern for the student-athletes and for his other coaches. And I know you guys know Ian, and he's a great man, and this was a difficult decision. Alex, uh, could you have faded this out over the next year or two? Why so immediate? What what was that part of the decision-making? Yeah, so when, when we looked at this as a strategic evaluation in the athletic department and at the university, um, we, we, we weighed a lot of things. We weighed cost. We weighed um, opportunities in other sports. We weighed the support areas required for all 20 of our sports from academic services, strength and conditioning, to athletic training, and came to the ter- determination that when we made the decision on December 1st at 8 o'clock that we needed to um, do what was best for our students when that decision was made and let them know immediately. Alex Ricker Gilbert with us uh, right now in Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Appreciate your time. I know it's been a busy day for you. Uh, are you uh, free to be able to tell us how much it costs to run the football program? I know they can be money pits. I mean, think about it from a non-scholarship standpoint. It's not, it's not a, there's not a ton of uh, revenue being generated, and 
I mean, just the one trip to San Diego every other year has to cost a fortune yeah. uh, to run the football program. So uh, are there any kind of numbers out there? Are, are you guys able to share that, or is that kind of classified information? Yeah, Brent, I, I will say it's, you know, football has been the largest investment within the athletic department um, annually, and that annual investment's in, in the multi-million dollar range. Yeah. So it is a significant uh, undertaking to run a successful Division One program. Okay, so two other questions off that, and I figured that would be the case. It's expensive, and you know, people think football, right? College football, and they think, oh, Florida and Alabama, look at all the money they're making, look at the checks the yeah. SEC is writing. It's not like that for so many different institutions. That's I mean, you I came, came from, from a program, Murray State, yeah. Austin, you know it. The, the basketball I mean, school, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. and and it's uh, cheaper to run, right? right? I mean, there's a lot of folks in the football program, sure. but there's also this intangible that people want to come to school when they want to go to football games, mm-hmm. right? And that, there's Part of that. Yeah, yeah. And, and I also believe, Alex, and I know you weren't there at the time, but I think uh, maybe a decade ago or so as non-scholarship, I, I want to say, and I, I hope I'm not wrong saying this, but my view has always been that the – I don't know if admissions were down – but put money investing into the football program helped admissions in some way because it's a non-scholarship program. Mm-hmm. My curiosity back there when there was money being put into the football program was like, wait a minute. The basketball program is kind of the flagship sport at JU. Went to the Final Four, Artist Gilmore. Sure. Shouldn't some of these dollars be going there for facilities and other things? Um, is 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 that now in hindsight kind of an accurate assessment? Uh, what's your response to that as you look back on maybe some of the decisions that were made when it comes to the football program versus some of the other programs, especially basketball? Yeah, Brent, it's a good question, but I, I can't speculate on the past and, and what decisions were made five or ten years ago. What I can say is that as we look forward um, as a department and as a university, my job as an athletic director is and will always be to do my best to enhance the experience for our student-athletes. And I believe um, with this decision with our recent announcements that we've made, whether it be enhancements to the baseball facility, whether it be the new lacrosse facility and the recent gift for naming rights, whether it be the basketball training facility, whether it be upgraded weight rooms, increased nutritional opportunities for our student athletes, that has been my priority and that will always be my priority and that's our student athletes well-being yeah thanks uh, for that response one other uh, question for you when it comes to the dollars they're not just going back to athletics right this this money that you were spending on football uh, i'm assuming it will benefit athletics in some way shape or form but probably help uh, things across the entire campus can you give us a little more insight on that Sure, yeah, we're evaluating um, our investments like we always do, uh, reinvesting in athletics, reinvesting uh, throughout campus, and and this is no different. And over time, uh, we will come to to conclusion on that, but um, at this point, we haven't made any specific decisions as right now in this moment, our focus are these student-athletes and our coaching staff. Alex Ricker Gilbert, Jacksonville University Athletic Director. Tough time uh, over there today, but appreciate your insight on all of that, man. Have a good night. Thanks for joining us.
Thanks, guys. You have a great night. All right. Uh, that's the JU Athletic Director along with President Tim Koss making a big decision. And I think it's tough for those guys. Those are good people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Alex really well. Good folks. Uh, that's a tough decision. Yeah. You know, because when you eliminate football, it does do something. It kind of zings you, I think, at the at, at, on campus. I mean, sure. I, know I went to Division two school, and football was whatever. When I went there, they've gotten actually a lot better since. Mm-hmm. But you still wanted to go to football games. Yeah. You know, that, that was the thing at UNF. Even they said, hey, should we put a football program out here? You know, they've <laughs> tried to focus on other sports not football doesn't make sense and now ju saying you know what it doesn't make financial success the the return on it it's not as good um, as we thought and it's not working after 23 years tough day but yeah uh, i think there are probably some upset alumni they're upset football players or upset coaches or upset people in the city and unfortunately um, you know tim cost the president alex Ricker gilbert the athletic director had to make those decisions. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, it is obviously bad news because I think I think of those student athletes more than anything, right? I think of those football players, but at least Alex is kind of extending the olive branch a little bit and trying to help them as best as possible because that's that's the least that they can deserve for it what's is, going on. This is going to sound bad, but in a strange way, it's almost like they hit the jackpot. I mean, for you a now, if, you, if, you, if you're okay well, with not playing football, now well, that and, does, I know and that's, that's a huge, man. Yeah. But if you go to school now for. Yeah, for sure. And they'll cover the cost. Yeah. Was, not everybody was on a full ride over there, uh, yeah. even with the academic help or the aid. I think it's a very generous olive branch that he's doing. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, more on that. More on the Jags. We'll get back to the Jacksonville Jaguars when we come back. Ron Rivera, does he do anything Remember for Ron? you? Does he excite you? Oh, that philosophy. Here in I want to talk about that philosophy. Next on ESPN 690. You want guys to care about losing and being in a situation where they can help the team win. But when confrontations arise and they start over things that aren't trivial, that have nothing to do with us as a team coming together, right. that's where the things have to be cut off. And you have to say, hey, guys, let's find a way to solve this and deal with it, especially when you know there's other people on the outside looking in. Let's keep it together. Let's come back together and figure out what we need to do moving forward. Well, that was Chris Conley, Jags wide receiver, last night on Jags Report Live with us on CBS 47, uh, Top Golf every Monday, 7 o'clock. And I thought that was the most revealing answer from Chris and he was really on by the way I got to give Chris a ton of credit because <laughs> yesterday it's one of those days like the last couple of weeks I'm almost like I don't know if we need really a guest on the show because quite frankly we're just going to rip the team I mean well, you're basically standing in front of firing line man. Th- there's nothing else yeah. to say there's no other way to sugarcoat this sure but I give credit to Chris man I got a call at like 1 30 yesterday like hey Chris coming on and yeah. so, and Props I didn't even, him. usually I'll reach out and be like, because the way we have it set up with Chris is we've got like half the show. Say we do 17 shows, 16 shows. Sure. He's doing like eight of them. So we pick our spots. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of the deal we worked out with Chris. And uh, we probably should have him on every week. He's so good. But, yeah. uh, uh, but anyway, he chose one of these. Like, he didn't have to choose this week. My point is he Be had a couple more appearances and he didn't have to choose it. Yeah. And he did. And so I, I just appreciate that other players. I even tweeted this, I think, last night. Uh, but I mean, I, the shows with Calais, mm-hmm. shows with Chris Conley that I get to do. I mean, those guys, they're going to be tough to replace at some point when they don't do these shows and do these kind of things yeah. because they are about as good as it gets and in good times and in bad times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they don't hide away from it. But I thought that was a pretty telling moment. I mean, that was a little bit of an indicator to me of kind of that maturity, mm-hmm. that, that soundbite that just played. What Chris said last night on Jags Report Live that he hinted at. Now, he didn't call anybody out. But these are the times where you kind of recognize the warts, right? The, yeah. the, the immaturity of people, those things. And you got to be careful of it. And I think that's what he kind of warned against. But it shows that it's bubbling a little bit. Didn't you get that from, from that response? Without a doubt, man. And then that's the thing, obviously, we've talked about before, Brent. When you're winning football games, 
that's like the ultimate security blanket. You know, everyone's nice and cozy. Everybody's warm. No one's flaws are showing through. But when you start losing football games, and I'm talking three, four in a row, well, then all those warts like you're talking about, they make their way to the surface. And then you kind of see people's true colors a little bit. So I get it. Jaguars out of playoff contention. Not a lot to cheer for right now on that roster, but there's still a lot to play for. And the, the way these past four games are going to go, it's going to tell you what they have in that locker room as well. By the way, I think you can argue, there, and we'll do this, but I think there's more to play for knowing at least with pretty good certainty that there's going to be a lot of new faces in that front office those and in be, those coaching yeah. rooms. Listen, I I'm think a, there's almost more to play for from an individual level. Obviously, correct. there's nothing to play for in terms of playoffs or anything like that. Yeah. And yeah, pride. You can throw those things around. Now, I know guys want to win, yeah. and I know guys want to look good on tape. I understand that. I don't buy into uh, they're not giving it their all and all this stuff. But I could I could make the argument from like a job, a good-paying job, a job in the NFL, yeah. there's more to play for right now for these Jags players. Listen, I'm going to tell you something that those guys in the locker room should know, and if they don't, hopefully they're listening right now. The last four games coming up, Brent, they're playing for their jobs. Set aside for maybe three or four or five guys on that team, the rest of the, those guys in the locker room, they are playing for their jobs. So, yes, it is an important uh, last quarter of football for them. All right, uh, we had Alex Ricker Gilbert on with JU Dolphins making that decision today about discontinuing football. It's a tough day at JU. Shocking, really, this morning. I got that email. I was like, whoa. It was everywhere, man. Right? ESPN. I, I mean, was like, wow. It's a big deal. And uh, it is a big deal. It's uh, You feel bad for the student-athletes. I feel bad for Ian Shields and his staff. Uh, and, you know, listen, this isn't something that people want to do. They obviously did a study, and it's not making sense to them financially. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's millions of dollars that goes into it, non-scholarship. There's, they had a choice now way back. They could have gone to, like, uh, I think it's the Big South. And said, hey, we're going scholarship. And Kerwin mm-hmm. Bell at the time said, let's, we, I'm not doing this anymore if we're not going scholarship. Mm-hmm. And that's where the rift was. And that's, Kerwin's not here anymore because he went to Valdosta, then went to USF. Mm-hmm. And now that staff's actually been let go, or at least Charlie Strong has. And, you know, that's, then it's kind of just sat there in non-scholarship mode. They committed to the non-scholarship mode. Um, they have good facilities over there, at least from a stadium standpoint. And now it's no longer, at least for now. And who knows if it comes back. And I should have asked Alex that. Is there a chance that it does come back at some point? And I didn't get to do that. So I'll ask him uh, via text message or something. Sure. Uh, but right now on the phone, we've had uh, one of the JU football players hanging on, listening to the show, uh, wanted to jump in. It's Derek, uh, who plays at JU, or I should say played at JU. Derek, uh, thanks for hanging out with us on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I appreciate the call. Tough day for you and your teammates, man. Yeah, de- Definitely. It uh, it's heartbreaking because no one, no one saw it coming. Um, you know, we got an email late last night that hey, there's a mandatory football meeting and everyone's required to be there, and so <clears throat> no one, no one really knew what to expect. Some people thought, you know, maybe they're just bringing us in, having us um, t- talking to us about how the season went how we can improve, you know, we didn't have the most successful season, but, you know, they didn't, it was a complete shock, you know, no one saw it coming, they sat us all down and said, hey, long story short, JU's got no more football, and it's definitely heartbreaking because a lot of those kids, um, and it's, for me especially, they, they pour so much into football, you know, it, it's become a part of our life it's you know it's what we wake up at six in the morning to go put on pads and practice for what we love and you know it's it's gone 
for a lot of us. And, you know, it's, um, it's hard, but there, there's a lot of opportunities out there that, uh, a lot of these guys are, are looking for, you know, entering the transfer portal and whatnot. Yeah, Derek, and, um, Derek, if I can interrupt you real quick, uh, Derek's a punter from Jacksonville here at University Christian. He played and now plays if, uh, at uh, JU or played his freshman. Uh, can you give us a sense of, I mean, you said shocked and stunned and all that. Was it was it an angry room at any time today when the decision was made? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's guys that pour so much into it. And the main reason that a majority of them were at JU was for football. And so... When um, Alex, you know, started talking about the the program no longer being being at JU, a lot of the guys just got up and left, you know. And you know, a lot of the other guys stayed. You know, they wanted to hear out. I snake. I wanted to hear what they had to say. But for those guys that pour so much of their personal lives and make so many sacrifices, and their families make so many sacrifices. For all of that just to be, in essence, taken away for, you know, the reasons, you know, it's just hard. And I think a lot of those guys weren't weren't prepared to handle something like that. Hey there, Derek Austin Lane here. Man, first of all, we appreciate you calling in. It can't be an easy thing to talk about right now since it's so fresh, but we do appreciate you calling in and kind of just sharing the behind the curtains a little bit here. Two questions for you. Uh, the first one, obviously, you said some guys walked out and everything. I mean, from what you're kind of gauging, uh, are guys going to be, is like a majority of the team going to be transferring then, or will some guys kind of take up Alex on that offer to get a full scholarship to finish up their schooling? What was kind of the, I guess, what was kind of the overall, um, thing that was going on. I mean, are guys going to take the scholarship or they going to go play someplace else? Um, a lot of those guys, are they're looking for that transfer, transfer forwarder. Um, we got a lot of great athletes. Um, Calvin Turner, you know, our quarterback, um, he's a great ball player, and he's got a lot of potential left um, to play. And, and a good buddy of mine, Cedric Wilcox, uh, played Outside linebacker, number 33. You know, he was a big contributing factor on the defensive side. And I talked to him. He's thinking about transferring. And and then for the guys that are thinking about staying and taking that offer for the free tuition, uh, I'm in that, in that spot, you know. Financially and academically, that's the smart thing to do. You know, stay, take the, the free tuition, um, get my my degree and then and then move on. But it's a big decision for all of us to make. You know, do we stay? Do we take the the scholarship, or do we try to look for somewhere to to land home to play football? I mean, I'm I'm just a freshman. Yeah, I got I got one full taste of of college football, and I got three more years left. You know, so. I, right now, I, I'm contemplating on on what I should do and and what's best for for me and my family. You know. Absolutely, man. And I guess my second question was kind of feeding off the first one where, you know, we talked to Alex just, you know, a little while ago and he was kind of talking about how there was a committee kind of put in place. The guys that wanted to transfer, um, they're there to help you guys out if you do in, intend to transfer in the, in the portal. I mean, do you get that sense that JU is kind of doing everything in their power to help you guys transfer and find a new home if you choose to do so? 
Oh yeah, most definitely. They Alex um when he had us all sat down he they put together a, a care team is what they called it. And uh the the whole academic department, the the financial office, you know, all of those people are, are, are behind us and and um I mean they had it ready too, so as soon as we walked out of that that meeting, um, if if we so choose, we could transfer, enter the transfer, enter the transfer portal right there and then. And so they're they're doing a great job to to do what's in our best interest, and and um, they are going out of their way to to do what's best for us and our coaching staff. That's good, uh, at least in that uh, regard. That's good to hear. Classy way to handle it. Uh, Derek, uh, a Jacksonville guy, is a punter on the JU Dolphins football team, a team that no longer exists. Uh, uh, JU football discontinued earlier today. Uh, Derek went to University Christian. And I don't want to be flippant about it, Derek, but you mentioned, and it's a tough decision for guys like you. I mean, I, I've got tuition, uh, uh, my academics, um, from Jacksonville, or do I go chase football, maybe even at a non-scholarship type of level? I mean, I got to think your family was like, hey, Derek, I know this isn't good news, but this is like really good news at the same time. <laughs> I mean, uh, just to lighten it up a little bit, and how that is a pretty good offer, isn't it, to get school f- paid for? It's, it's, yeah, you're, you're right. It's, um, it's what, it's what these guys look for, you know, the, to, to land in a place that um, everything's paid for. It It definitely takes the burden off mom and dad um, who have sacrificed so much for, for me. And that goes for all, all of us on that team. You know, our families make so much, so many sacrifices for us so we can chase our dreams. And, um, you know, it's, it's a tough time. And, um, but that, that team was special in, in the such short amount of time way back during the summer from camp up till now, the, the bonds, the brotherhood, uh, the dolphin way that we established in such a great amount of, or a short amount of time, you know, that'll stick with us forever. And, and that's what, that's, there's more to it than just football, you know. The, yeah. the memories that were made, um, the brotherhood that will continue on. That that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Because regardless, you know, if we all, whatever we decide to do, whether it's to continue playing football, whether it's not, football's going to end eventually. Yeah, you, you know, you can't play forever. So it it for me. Football, you know, it's it's a love of mine, but for me it was more than that. It was about making memories, about creating bonds and brotherhood that'll that'll never end with college, you know. Yeah, Derek, uh, great perspective on that. Uh, by the way, this team will probably be tight-knit for a long, long time to come because of these circumstances. One last thought real quick. we got to get running, but uh, did you talk to Ian Shields or your coaches at all today? I wasn't, I wasn't able to talk to Shields. I talked to... Uh, my uh, positions coach, uh, Coach Sylvester, I gave him a big hug, and um, I was I was more concerned about where he's going to end up. You know what what it looked what the process looked at for looked like for uh, for him on his end, and 
and the school's doing a great job. They're they're keeping the coaches accommodated until they find a new place and and um so I was I was glad to hear that and you know the coaching staff that I was you know blessed to to be under for such a short amount of time, they're they're amazing. Yeah, you know, good Coach people. Shields they're yeah, they're all they're all good people and, and the life lessons that I was able to learn from each of the each of those coaches I'll take with me until I'm you know, no longer here. Good stuff. So, uh Derek, uh, we appreciate it, man. Th- appreciate you listening to the show, checking in, and giving us a call, giving us the player perspective. We've heard from the other side today, yeah. but uh, the player perspective's a, a good one to get on this uh, subject as JU discontinues the football team. Uh, good luck, man, uh, and and, and uh, check in. Tell us how things are going down yeah, the road. Yeah, man, all right? stay in touch, all right? Thank you. All right, uh, that's Derek, the punter on uh, the uh, Jacksonville University Dolphins football team, a team that no longer exists, the program no longer exists after this morning. He went to University Christian. That's a pretty good perspective. When when we knew we had a player on, he called in, and during the break, I I I was like, "Uh uh-oh, get that dump button ready. For sure. Because it's an emotional time. It is, man. Uh, You know, I mean, I know in my – when I played ball, we actually went to the athletic director to help fire our coach. Yeah, <laughs> as players. So sure. I've been in those kind of meetings. Now I wasn't discontinuing the program, but you've been in those like meeting emotionally high meetings yeah. with like the athletic director. Yeah. And and by the way, we had good reason. He listened to the team too back at and our. I mean, they did eventually let go of the coach wow. and made a move mm-hmm. and. Uh, it, because of the voice of the players, believe sure. it or not. What I wonder is if the voice of the players, people in the JU program community will eventually bring this back at, at some time. We'll find that out. My, my big thought on this, too, and, and I hinted at this uh, with Alex Ricker Gilbert, but I really think the JUs and the UNS of the world, and no disrespect to football, mm-hmm. but their bread and butter on campus has to be their flagship, their way to notoriety to admissions to free advertising to everything else Mm -hmm. and this is coming from a baseball guy i get it i get how it works you know i I think great if the baseball program chris hayes does a great job awesome goes the ncaa great but the one program on campus on both of these campuses here in town that can do more than any other program football included anything included is the basketball program. Because you have the tournaments, March you Madness. You have March Madness. You have that platform. And for UNF to be in the tournament a few years ago, what that did for that school, for that program, from the admissions office beyond is incredible. JU has experienced it, and JU has that tradition of Artis Gilmore, of that Final Four, of basketball in the 70s. They they got to put their arms around that, man. You've got to support financially. You've got to support resource-wise these two basketball programs because I always say it. If you can make the NCAA tournament and have the goal of making it two times in a five-year stretch, to me that would be my goal if I was in charge of both universities and both mm-hmm. athletic programs because you know why that's attainable. It's reachable. And the ripple effect of what that will do when you go to the NCAA tournament, and maybe you're fortunate to put together a team like Florida Gulf Coast or Liberty last year when you actually beat a team, and then you get an extra three, four, five days out of it, out of that exposure, is off the charts. You know it even at Murray State, and Murray State's bigger than these two programs. And they have more money to spend. There are bigger conferences, all those things. But Murray State with John Morant, holy cow, that stuff is priceless what they just got for the last couple of years but especially last year no without a doubt and that's why i'm actually i got to talk when i was at the hall of fame ceremony so they have a new athletic director now his name is uh 
Kevin Saul, and he, he came from UK. You know, UK predominantly a basketball, but, but, but they're trying to build football now up too. And I, I thought he, he kind of put it perfectly. He's like, listen, Murray State's always going to be a basketball school. I think that's just the way it is. But his focus now is everything that the football team is bringing in, it's not going towards the other athletic um, you know, program. It's going towards the football team. So his goal is to try to build the football team through the football team, because a lot of the times, is you know, if you're a, a, an, an athletic, you know, institution, you have to share with everybody else. Yeah, you, know, you get your money, sport, pie. and you share. Yeah, exactly. Well, Murray State football now is its own separate entities, from what I was told. So he's trying to build it up that way, which I was obviously a fan of being a former football player. So that was great to hear. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, you can generate so much money in the NCAA tournament. I know it firsthand, obviously, with John Morant as well, talking some, some, some you know, some figures, I guess, would call them with some friends that work in the athletic department. And, yeah, I mean, if it puts your university on the map, obviously, not to say football doesn't, but let's be honest, would you rather follow the Murray State football or the Murray State basketball team during the tournament or would you rather follow the Murray State football team during the college football playoff, you know, like that whole tournament thing that they do for FCS? It's just well, it's and, kind of a and, no-brainer. And, that's you know? a great, and even more so on this level. And yeah. this is what, with all due respect to football at JU, yeah. if JU went undefeated in the Pioneer League, Mm-hmm. We might have Ian Shields on, and we, we'll we go to a game on TV. Yeah. We put their games on in any way, on, on Action Sports X primetime sure. on Saturdays, and we go. And we might make a, a little bit of a deal about it. Not near the deal if they go to the NCAA tournament. They win the no, A-Sun, sure. they go to the tournament. We're probably traveling with them to the NCAA tournament, all those things. So it, it's just total. That's reality. And it is. I think both. I think both of these organizations, uh, organizations, institutions have had change at the top, whether it's athletic directors or presidents or administrators, because that's what happens. I just don't see anything but that logic for them when it comes to basketball on their comp- campuses. No, Those sure. have to be discussions. I can't be the only one discussing that. Tim Koss is a smart guy at JU. He's yeah. got to understand that, and maybe that's where this is going. If all of a sudden now Swisher Gymnasium becomes an on-campus uh, facility, like a facility facility, mm-hmm. not with all due respect to Swisher Gymnasium, with all the history to it, not yeah. a high school gym, they're planning that practice facility. I mean, these are things that should have happened a while ago, yeah, probably, just, but now they're catching up. Yeah, uh, I'll be honest, man. I'm, I'm just, I'm really bummed about that phone call. From, I'm glad Derek called in, but I mean, I, I just put myself in his shoes, man, and, and I can't imagine what him and that team are going through right now, especially when you have the choice. Do you stop playing the game that you grew up loving yeah, as a kid? Yeah, that's tough, man. Uh, you know, that's like your dream to play. Do, do you just put it aside for a scholarship, man? That's it's such a rough thing, and I, I can't imagine, man. But sending all my well wishes to Derek and the rest of the football team, man. Yeah. That's, a, that's a tough situation. And again, I didn't mean to be trivial about it. No, for sure. But I know which one mom and dad are saying. Yeah, for sure, man. Free <laughs> <laughs> tuition, yeah. and you didn't expect that on yeah. the blue. I mean, in a weird way. Some of those players got handed a lottery ticket today. Maybe, man. In a very strange way. You're but still that's taking the emotion aside. out of it. You're still putting the memories aside, man. Absolutely. And yeah. that's not an easy and thing to do. sometimes those are priceless, Brent. Nope. You're absolutely right. We come back. Uh, priceless memories from Blake Bortles and Nick Foles. <laughs> How about Ron Rivera? Ah, uh, what are we thinking about? We'll talk about it next on ESPN 690. It is a tough time. It is a tough time. You know, when an offense struggles first person that people look at is the quarterback right Uh, we had a lot of miscues on offense Nick had some miscues himself the offensive line had miscues we had breakdowns and miscues on the outside with the receivers Uh, but you know ultimately 
the quarterback changing decision was made, and we can't do really anything about that. The only thing that I know is that Nick is going to do the best job that he can to be what this team needs him to be, and he's not going to complain. He's going to help us win. Well, that's Chris Conley from Jags Report live last night, 7 o'clock Mondays on uh, CBS 47. And Chris has been outstanding. You know, this he's got like a one-year one year deal with an option mm-hmm. for the team so we'll see where it ends up I, I don't i don't know if i don't know if chris wants to be back we'll we'll find that out you know yeah and i think uh maybe he can kind of say hey let's don't worry about this sure <laughs> i think you can you know even if the team wants him back and, and again so many go, gonna be so many unanswered questions mm-hmm. all right i did a couple of things for homework um that we're not gonna get into today but uh, just teasing it We'll Maybe get to with the them. wall that says it all on Thursday. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see where you're going to take us. Where, where do you want me to take you? We haven't really established it yet, but I can bring up some ideas. We're good. You know, one thing I want to one thing I, I want to go there is I don't understand how Jacksonville Jaguars can't get a yard. And I feel like we did this a little bit one time to like the kind of we the did. red zone issues. Yeah, but I want more specifically like it's a freaking yard in the NFL. Sure. And, like, I'm saying I don't know if they've ever gotten one yard this year. I I, I, can, I can break it down for you, man. I, I can't remember a time. Mm-hmm. And I also was thinking back to the Cincinnati game where they got stuffed at the one. Mm. So two things come to mind. I think did, he, uh, did Leonard go airborne that game, right? That's how he got stuffed on the fourth one. Remember he had come up closer to the line of scrimmage? And he wasn't as deep. Yeah, 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 but yeah. Did he yeah. go airborne? I can't remember if he went airborne. Or were we not? thinking that he might go airborne? <sighs> That's a good. I don't, so, think, I don't think he went airborne. I don't think I he's think gone airborne he, at all. This he went year. out of the pistol. It was like the pistol formation that they ran because he, he came yes, up to the quarterback. And then, if I'm not mistaken, they just stuffed him. I think they did. Geno Atkins got through, and it was a, yeah. So why? Uh, I'm gonna. I want to ask Leonard this. Why hasn't he taken flight this year? Is that well, something that dude, because people so, have the book on them? For truth that? be told, especially that Bengals game, if I remember correctly, which memory sometimes is a little shaky, but I think what happened was Geno Atkins got through the gap and like he didn't even have a time to to leap through the air because he got hit so far in the backfield where he gets contacted, you know, basically yard in the backfield he can't jump then. He has to just try to plow forward. If I'm not mistaken, but well, I could be. In, where he was set up, it was like this isn't going well. Even if he wants to take flight, yeah. I mean, you want a running start. Well, you know, when I try to jump 45 inches in the air, sure. So the, I want a running start. Well, the, the whole philosophy of that pistol, Bren, was the fact that it's like a fullback dive, where it happens that much quicker. Yeah, so yeah. sometimes you, you can take a team by shock a little bit because teams aren't ready for fullback dives throws all the time. Throws their timing off. So it throws the timing off. That, that, that was the point of that, that four, or whatever. I think it was fourth down. Yeah. I have to, if somebody remembers the last time Leonard Fournette actually went airborne sure, with one yard to gain, let me know. Because I'd like to, I, I can't remember it. I think it goes back maybe last year, but now I'm starting to think if it goes back even beyond that. I, I don't think he's I'm done it. I'm just saying, though, man, when he gets hit, he gets hit behind the line of scrimmage. Like the, I get the, the, it. those guys that go airborne, there's at least a stalemate on the line, right? Where there's oh, room yeah. to move. But when guys are hitting him in the backfield, you don't have time to go airborne. Well, I, listen, I'm not putting this on Leonard for not going yeah. airborne. I'm just making note of it that mm-hmm. he hasn't. Sure. Um, and on top of that, why you can't get one yard. The other thing that I, I said back in that Cincinnati game, I believe, or maybe even beyond that with the red zone, mm. is why don't they spread them out there? You now have enough evidence that you cannot push the opposing defense for a yard and gain a yard. So spread them out. Go out of that shotgun formation, kind of like that two-point conversion call. But from a yard out, 
and first and goal. This was a first and goal the other day. Yeah. Why wouldn't you almost automatically go to that? Why even get in that power set, that that big guy formation, goal line situation formation? Why even do it? It's not working. Why waste a play? Because it's more of a mentality thing, Brenda. They're trying to establish dominance. It's not working. I agree with you. Oh, well, listen, it's week whatever, dude. It's December. I don't but, need hey, dominance I, anymore. I but, just want listen, a I, touchdown. I agree with you, man. I, I was the I one want that, a yard. I was in here. How many times have I said, if, if, if it's fourth and one, the Jaguars need a yard, do you have confidence that they get that yard? No. That tells you all that you have to know about the offensive line right there. I agree with you. Hmm. I don't have an answer. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Other things that I'm teasing. Ahead. Sure. Well, I got off course there yeah, a little bit. You're I got right, a little though. angry. You're good. Uh, I call it passion. It's a yard. I, I took a picture of the yard the other day. I haven't tweeted it out yet. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for something creative to say. But it's a yard. It's three feet. Yeah. The Jags can't get it. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. Um, we're almost to the end of the decade. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody said uh, that, that the some people count the decade from 2011 to 2020. Instead of like 2010 to 2019? No, 2010, 2000, yeah. It's got to be 2010 to 2019. Do 10 years. Just do 2010 to 2019. 2011 to 20 would be 10 years, too. Yeah, but no. But how do you have like the 1920s without starting at 1920? No idea. I don't know. That doesn't make sense. Now you're hurting my head. (laughs) I probably am. Math. But anyway, it's 2010 to 2019. Okay. And I went back. And I want you to do this exercise, too, and that's why I don't want to do it today. So you got a little homework assignment tomorrow, and Fantastic. the rest of you do as well. Okay. Find me the all-decade team that the Jaguars have passed on in the first round of the draft. First round only. So you can't go dip into the second round and say, this guy became, you know, you can't go find Tom Brady from 1990-whatever sure, and, and say six-round pick. But... You can go say instead of Tyson Alawalu in 2010, they should have picked. Uh, I don't even know who it was at the time. Okay, somebody else. Got you. Or instead of trading up for Gabbert, should have picked Ryan Kerrigan. And you got to be careful on that one because J.J. Watt is number 11. Yeah. But the Jags were picking 16 and traded up to get Gabbert. So unless you're telling me they would have traded up to get Watt, they really uh, didn't pass on. They're taking Watt. Kerrigan. <clears throat> they would have taken Kerrigan. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's what that's the exercise. Okay. So obviously we're not concerned about the the picks ahead of the Jaguars. Only the picks that no, because they, they okay. couldn't do yeah, anything about you. those. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. You got I got you. This is really do easy. Don't complicate it. 2010, 2019. 2010 to 2019. Okay. And I'll give you a little bit of a hint. There are two years that I kept who the Jags picked. Yeah, Ramsey and. Well, it's not Jack. Oh, Ramsey and Josh Allen. Ah, very yeah. good. Come on, man. Come on, stop hey, selling this thing. Got any more brain busters, man? <laughs> yeah, you never That's know. Pretty, okay, you never know, I guess. You, yeah. never know. you might feel differently. I don't. And I wonder if people feel differently now that Ramsey's gone. Sure. Yeah, maybe. I'll, I'll, I can't wait to do that. It's a connection. I like this. I like this, this little okay. homework. I'm looking forward so to it. So that's the homework assignment. Yeah, yeah. And we'll do that tomorrow. I was gonna look up. If I Ryan, remember, I was gonna look up. Can you remember to do that? Tell me to do that tomorrow. I was gonna look up Brian Rivera's philosophies tonight, but we're all good. Well, you can do that too. No, I, I already know what he's about. It's good. Uh, and I thought there was another thing I was working on. But speaking of Ron Rivera, sure. What do you think? Well, we have a minute, right, Coos? I'm gonna need more time, Brent. All right. Well, we'll wait on that. <laughs> I'm that passionate. Really? 
Well, we don't. We can hold off Coos for a minute. More okay. Well, minute. no, I'm, I'm just kind of I'm overselling the segment here. But so okay. So to me, Ron Rivera, he's got this old school label to him, right? And as he should, because he he came from that '85 Bears defense. He comes from Mike Ditka. Um, he's definitely like that old school mentality, that physical type, you know, pound the rock as uh, he's been so so well known. But I think that beauty with Ron Rivera, and obviously he's a defensive minded coach. But what do I always say about defensive coaches? What do I say about coaches in general, Brent? What, what do I say separates the good coaches from the legendary coaches? Good coaches from the legendary coaches. Yep. Great quarterbacks. Okay. <laughs> good call. But what what makes a great coach a great coach? Hint, you tell me discipline. No hint. I uh, I, I kind of said that I said it a couple times, but I said it big time when they drafted Josh Allen. I said a good coach can take his players and make the system work. And I said a great coach can take the players and involve the system. system. That's right. So when you look at Ron Rivera, you're all good, man. It's all good. (laughs) I I, I know sometimes I'm falling on deaf ears. I'm like the teacher in Charlie Brown sometimes. It's all good. Don't worry about it. But we're talking about Ron Rivera, Brent. We're talking about the defensive-minded guy that he is. Well, you look at what happened this past season. And what did the Panthers do this season? They switched to a 3-4 defense. All right? And... At the first glance, you'd be like, well, they're pretty good on defense already. Why would you switch from a 3-4 defense when you've had success in the past? I get it. Julius Peppers is moving on. You're losing some key players, but you still got Luke Keekley. You still have a promising secondary. Why would you move to a 3-4 defense? And the answer is simple. Ron Rivera looked at what he had at his disposal. They signed Bruce Irvin, linebacker, who I think came from Oakland, if I'm not mistaken. And then, came, you know, I mean, he's, he's a storied guy coming from Seattle, a good pass rusher. He saw the roster that he had and said, you know what? I want to get the best players on the field as possible. So he switched to a 3-4 defense. Now, there's always that transition period. You, you just can't go one year 4-3, one year 3-4 and have a lot of success. And I think overall, the Panthers this year, yeah, they've been okay on defense. Nothing great, nothing bad. But the fact that he was able to still get players, Gerald McCoy. If you're Gerald McCoy and you're on the back nine of your career right now, you're coming from Tampa, you had a rough time in Tampa, they let you go for whatever reason, they signed Dominic and Sue. I'll never understand that, whatever it is. But somehow, Ron Rivera coaxed Gerald McCoy to come play for him and said, you know what, Gerald, we're playing a 3-4 defense. That sucks for you. I'm going to be honest. You'd probably rather play a 4-3, but we got something special here in Carolina. Come play for us. And you know what? Jill McCoy did. So I think Ron Rivera, number one, I think he has the, the mindset where he is the old school kind of guy, but he's willing to adapt to his players. What, I, what did I say when they drafted Josh Allen? I want to see Josh Allen and Yannick Ngakwe on the field at the same time as much as possible because I think they're that good. And we haven't seen that. We've seen games where Josh Allen only plays 40% of the snaps. Yeah. That's not enough. That's not enough for plenty of pro bowler possibly coming up. That's not enough. So I think with Ron Rivera, I do like the intriguing factor that he is willing to adapt and see what he has. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, but now the, the the other side of the coin. I, I don't want Ron Rivera here. Why not? It's just it's the well, old, the stale, the it's so it's, it's well, and, the, and, and, so it's, here's my issue. Yeah, and okay. And and you said it. It's stale. It's angel food cake. It's angel food cake. And a lot of that has to do with what the offense, right? And I think when you think of Ron Rivera, you think of a, a boring run first offense, no bells and whistles. And this is a team that used to have Cam oh, that still has Cam Newton. But even with Cam Newton it seemed like it was just kind of vanilla. It wasn't like the Ravens are running right now with Lamar, Lamar Jackson, right? No. With Cam Newton it's more vanilla. And I agree with that. But I think the way that his I don't know his personality, I don't know his mindset, but the way the NFL is going now is that you have to let your offensive coordinators be your offensive coordinators. Okay? 
you're the head coach, yeah, and Rivera's more of a defensive-minded guy. But at the end of the day, I get it. There's ego involved. But if you bring an offensive-minded coordinator in, let him just do his thing. That's what we did with North Turner a little bit now. They had Cam Newton hurt all the time and just didn't have the receivers, so I get that point. But I think if you can find the right offensive coordinator, you can pair with Ron Rivera. I don't think it's a bad idea. Uh, I need something young and hip, who's kind of like me, someone on the gram. <laughs> I mean, I need that. Hey, uh, I'll tell you what, if a coach uses the gram, he comes in, I'm going to Wisconsin. I'm doing ESPN Wisconsin. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. I'm not covering any team whose coach says the gram. I was telling Austin in the ride over to the uh, the Jags game on Sunday that everything I've been posting from the show, the little bits, I've been hashtagging Instagramless Austin. <laughs> We're going to get you I out am, there. I'm good, man. I'm all Golden set. 20 20. Uh, uh, no, not happening. But um, but no, just to, to, to back to my point real quick. From the defensive-minded standpoint, I do like Ron Rivera because I think he's willing to adapt even though he's the old-school kind of guy. I think Todd Wash's problem this year is the fact that he has the ego where he thinks his defense is works no matter what, and unfortunately it's not working this season. I think they have had good players, and sometimes Cam Newton playing great. Sure. Christian McCaffrey, really good. Keekley yeah. really good. Like, they have had their uh, – Olsen, tight mm-hmm. end, right? Yeah. I've just never like been in love with their roster either. In fairness to Rivera, that yeah. I'm like, wow, that's a Super Bowl roster. I, I will admit it. If you want to go rewind the tape to what year was that? 2015, maybe they went to the Super Bowl uh, at 15 and one. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah, Whatever yeah. year, people remember they went 15 and one. I was picking against California, Carolina every game. Yeah, they just did not impress me. There was just something like, what? How did this team keep winning? Yeah, like they were not flashy at all. I need a little flash in my life. That's what I'm doing. I, I need a little s- style, a little swag. along with the sizzle, a little yeah. swag. But here's the thing, though, Brent, you can get that. But w- what do you want on defense? Do you want to be fast? Or do you want to be physical? I want to be both. Brent, what do you want to be more, fast or physical? I have to watch get off the fence. Physical. Thank you. Okay, that's where Ron Rivera comes in. Punch you in the face right after this break. ESPN six ninety. One more segment. Uh, yeah, we brought up a fun topic today. I probably didn't talk about it as much as I wanted to, and that's yeah. Bowls or Bowls. Bowls or Bortles. Gosh, what the heck day is it? Bowls or Bortles. Mm-hmm. And really never got to a topic that will spill over to tomorrow, too. But is Minshew the guy for down the road for big question. I mean, is he that guy? Is for he four the right years? You know, I think this is a great opportunity to say that there are so many things that need to grow and that need to mature in this organization as a whole that grabbing a quarterback and inserting a quarterback in a situation doesn't solve everything. It doesn't solve some of the breakdowns that you have in communication. It doesn't solve some of the maturity cases where you have to have guys step up and grow up across the board in a team that really should have closer games. You talk about winning some games by 17 points and more. Right. This league, the majority of the games in the league are decided by seven points or less. Uh-huh. I said to somebody today, I said winning is hard in the NFL. Yeah. Losing by 17-plus four straight games is also hard in the NFL. You have to go out of your way to do that. Yeah. It's not built that way, people. Nope. Hey, Jags, it's not built that way. Like, can we lose by a touchdown? That's a that's an outlier right there. That's, that's an outlier. That's, uh, that's New England Patriots of losing. That's uh, Chris Conley last night on Jags Report Live, CBS 47. Monday's Top Golf, by the way, Top Golf uh, Country Concert coming up on Friday. We're actually going to do our show uh, from Top Golf on Friday. Lee Bryce, Cassidy Pope will be there. I feel like I've heard cool the name Lee Bryce. I feel like Lee I've, Bryce, uh, pretty, pretty popular. Yeah, pretty popular guy. He's doing it on the golf course? On the, yeah, on the, well, yeah, I guess you would Whoa. call it a golf course. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> on, the, on the driving range. Yeah, He's doing it like range, in yeah. the, can you 
Hey, golf balls at him. He's performing. <laughs> I don't think hey, so. That's hey, a new hey, added hey, element. Because, Brent, I, I, I'm all in. <laughs> I don't care how much it costs. Go ahead and double it. I, no, I, I want to do that. Hear me out for a second. You put a thing around him? Like ro- Roadhouse? Nope. nope. <laughs> <But> then, <laughs> like Roadhouse? Yeah, but then, you know, like, then everyone I, gets to hit the balls at him. He doesn't. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but then everybody Great gets to the movie reference right oh, yeah. there. Uh, didn't they call it The Pit, right? The Pit. I'm sorry. What, I'm, I'm so distracted at Roadhouse right now. My bad. What no, were you but saying? Then, I, but then they can still make money letting everybody hit the golf balls and play around and, you know, Bryce can do his thing. No pit, out in the open. Your, your, your country music singer gets off. Let's go. <laughs> out in the open. Let's go. Out in the open. <laughs> or just nerf golf balls. Where all the chaos is. Nope, real golf balls. I want, I want chaos. <laughs> uh, I mean, if Johnny Cash was playing at Folsom's, uh, uh, he's playing at, uh, what's the place he played at? The, the jail. Um, he played at that one famous one, the, the jail, Johnny Cash. Live from uh, uh, the jail that's on the island. Alcatraz. Thank you. Well, that was an Alcatraz. I don't it, think that was. No, it wasn't an Alcatraz. That. It was one. Of, it's California. Uh, Alcatraz oh. in California. Go ahead and keep talking about it. I look it up. Right, how about we hit the happy hour horn? Yeah, sorry. Listen to Johnny Cash and hit the happy hour <laughs> horn. Shot tip your star tenders. Uh, Chris Wolf says Folsom Prison. Folsom Prison <laughs> or or uh, San Quentin. I think I was thinking of San Quentin. Yeah, very hey, good. I'm just saying, if Johnny Cash can play at San Quentin, Lee Bryce can play at Top Golf and me getting golf balls at him. <laughs> you all say football players got soft. Country musicians have gotten soft. You're not playing in prisons. You're playing at Top Golf. Take some golf balls in the face. Let's go. Mm. Uh, Vita Delouis recently got a 98 Sorry. rating. Check out VitaDelouis.com. Three new flavors now. Blanco, Reposado, and Yeho. Made in tequila, Mexico. Shipped directly to Jack's Beach. Make your own recipes with Vita Delouis tequila. One of the smoothest tequilas you'll ever taste. Check out VitaDelouis.com. Okay, some quick hitters before we go. Uh, we talked about JU football canceling football at the university. Uh, talked a little bit about Gardner Minshew. And I want to, I want to expand upon this tomorrow, but... Do you really believe you're just having fun with Gardner Minshew and this whole thing, or you really believe in Gardner Minshew as the guy? Yeah. For the next, I'm going to give you four years because that's what you go on around. It's not you can say 10, 12, 15 years, sure. whatever, but you know what I mean. Franchise yeah. QB, you believe it? So there's three reasons why I believe it. Number one, the least important part to me is the analytics. The, the numbers say that he's going to be successful. When you compare his rookie numbers to the other rookie quarterbacks. It's showing that he should be successful. But that's just analytics. You know me. I'm not an analytic guy. Number two, I think his personality um, and just his moxie that he carries himself with, I think that's going to be a benefit to him. He, he doesn't care about the big moment. He knows who he is. So number two. And number three, his leadership abilities. You saw that spark that happened, Brett. When he when he came in the game or when he took over in the Kansas City game, the first uh, time Foles got hurt, it's just there's something special about him, and teammates seem to rally around him, even as a rookie. So, yes, I think he is the guy. All right, let's end the show the way we started the show. Cake bigger or mistake. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Cake or pie. Sorry, sorry. Like I said, bigger mistake. Sorry. <laughs> I, I tweeted that one time in the show. I said, 
bigger mistake, Foles or Bortles? Sure. And bigger mistake, pie or cake? And I said, <laughs> somehow these two are probably related. <laughs> they probably are related. Uh, if you're asking me, I think Bortles by far was the bigger mistake because the sample size that you had um, – it was a little smaller, but you didn't have a lot to go off of. You, you had a couple bad seasons from Bortles. You had one okay season that had a good running game and good players around him and good defense, and you paid that, that man his money off that. You paid Nick Foles off the money from he went to the Super Bowl. He was the MVP. Um, he's a champion, and all things considered, he seems to have that great leadership quality that, that they're look, looking for in Philadelphia. So I think Blake Bortles is definitely the bigger mistake. I will say this. After you paid Bortles, he at least gave you a few good games and got you to three and one. Sure. <laughs> you know, no, for Bortles sure. hasn't given you anything. Nothing. I mean, he's really given you nothing to this point, and also to the point where you had given Bortles five years and enough games. I think there is still this question. You have to ask yourself, being honest with yourself, have they given the Foles experiment enough time? I mean, I think that's a fair question, man. I mean, two and a half games. That's what we're talking about. Brent, Is that know, enough some, time? Man, it's a performance-based business, and the quarterback position's cutthroat. If someone's better than you, they're going to play that person. I also believe, I think you can make sense of, at the time, if you put yourself in that spot, you can make sense of both of the moves, what they were thinking. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you got to be forward-thinking. Yeah. And... I know what backward thinking is. It was it was the wrong move. Yeah. And it looks to be with Foles too. Is this Christian Rock we're going out to right now? What is this? This is definitely Christian Rock music. Whatever, hey. man. We'll see you on TV tonight, CBS forty seven, Fox thirty. Thanks for hanging out with us and uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. Homework assignment. The all decade team the Jags didn't draft in the first round. Yep. Behind them. Yep. Not in front of them, behind yep. them. And give it to us tomorrow. Take over pie, big trust all day. Cake.